Armchair Directors, episode 35. I remember when I was 35 once. Once. <laughs> once. I'm actually, like, still close to 35. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm 36 at the moment, so yeah, I'm, I'm close to 35. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely, definitely closer to 40, so... Uh, yeah, look at two. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I feel it. I actually feel it. I, I, I feel uh, less refreshed and well slept than I ever have. So, <laughs> but yeah, but that's not because of your age. That's other things. Yeah, it's just life. It's just life at this yeah. point. But, so don't, uh, don't blame your age on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that is rich. I'm Matt. We are here with <laughs> another glorious opening. Actually, it wasn't that bad for. No, 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 no one's crying. No one's crying. Yeah, no one's no one's crying. No one's signaling. Let's start over and try again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, we must be we must be doing okay. Must be doing okay. Um, it will yeah. go downhill from here. True. <laughs> True. So, uh, correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is our first actual animated movie we've done. Uh, you mean correct like, or uh, no? Like, when you say animated, are you talking like two D or three D? Well, like fully animated movie. Uh, we did Rise did of the we? Guardians. <laughs> oh yeah, we did Rise of the Guardians, and yeah, technically we did a video game too. So yeah, so but this is this is our first proper Disney animated. Yeah, this movie. is our first Disney animated movie. I will say that. Yeah, Rise of the Guardians would have been our first. I forgot that was a yeah while ago too. That was like um, Christmas last year. That was our Christmas show. Actually, I think we did that for Christmas. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Um, well, how long have we, how long have we been doing this show? <laughs> I just said 35 episodes. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I'm talking month, like in month uh, in time. I mean, we took a, we took a few weeks breaks, off, but have... I mean, realistically, we've been doing this show for, I don't know, 37, 38 weeks. 38 wow. weeks, we'll call it. I mean, give or take. And, and and we haven't gotten tired of each other yet. That's a good sign. Not yet. <laughs> the night is young. Oh, you sound like my ex-wife. Um... <laughs> so beautiful. B-flat. B-flat. <laughs> <laughs> the night is young. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, we're not doing that movie again, although I, I probably could. And thank you for tuning in. That's the episode. <laughs> like and subscribe. And yes, Find we are doing the animated version of Robin Hood Men in Tights. No. Uh, so, no, we are actually talking what I still can't understand is one of the most underrated animated movies Disney's ever produced. Especially for the Renaissance period, that's the yeah. thing. But I do, I do understand it because it is a bit of a le out of left field for start. It, like this movie is out of left field in regards to the music, yeah, the animation, the style, the yeah. casting, and the story they chose. And when you think about it, the run of the Disney movies that came beforehand, you had Little Mermaid, you had Beauty and the Beast, you had Aladdin, you had The Lion King, yeah, and then you had Pocahontas. And then this. <laughs> yeah, which is 1997's Hercules. Uh, you know, now, granted, this is not a princess-centric, which is what they were knocking out of the park. Was But, but that's the thing. Okay. A lot of them were, you know. But that, that's the thing, though. You, you talk about the, you know, like the Disney princess. The Disney princess era was early Disney. You know, well, I mean, the age. Renaissance started with, with 89 with Little Mermaid being yeah. the fourth okay. princess movie ever made so yeah and then okay beauty and the beast not a princess uh, not a princess. technically when she gets married she becomes you know 
she's yeah, but she's no princess, princess to begin with. No, she's, she's the not, weirdo. No. She's yeah, the village she's weirdo. A, <laughs> yeah, she's the goof. She okay, likes books. Oh, hyok, oh, hyok. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> Women in reading. Ugh. Soon they get ideas, start thinking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is the episode where we're just quoting our favorite lines from Disney movies. Love it. Yeah. Um, then okay, Aladdin, Jasmine. Okay, hands down, she's a princess. Yes. Lion King, Nala, not a princess. Just a. She's the daughter of one of Mufasa's harems. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just the inbred sister. Yeah. Yeah. Simba's inbred sister. That's why he, he has, he, he looks, they look cross-eyed at times. <laughs> yeah. They have the webbed true. feet and all the fur. Hmm. Mm, cats, they have webbed feet. It, it, sound, it, it sounds like Jonathan Taylor Thomas when he talks. Things make sense. Yeah, that last bit was a little, little painful. Um, speaking of child you, you, actors, you, you, we actually you, you, have you, a. You, 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 I was just, we, sorry, I was, sorry. We actually have a beloved child actor that's in this movie that plays a really, really tiny little role that most people don't even understand he was in this movie. He is credited as Little Boy. Okay. And his the actor's name is Bug Hall. And people might not know Bug Hall, but he was Alfalfa in the Little Rascals. Like, in the in the movie, not the TV show, the the the, the movie that came out in the nineties, yes, that introduced a generation to yes. the Little Rascals and made all the adults who grew up watching the Little Rascals go, "Ooh, right in the childhood." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bug Hall plays oh. little boy, <laughs> and I'm like, Bug Hall was in this. Are you kidding me? I'm like, it's Alfalfa. <laughs> it's like that's the and Alfalfa that's, we all know. Our generation that, grew up with this movie with and Little that's Rascals. Your that's that's where you're starting your. This 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 episode, not oh, with how the the rest of the cast, not with well, how we were talking awesome Jonathan Taylor is. Thomas and child actor and yeah, but come on, you could tell oh, a yeah. movie was peak nineties when yeah. it had Jonathan Taylor Thomas in it. Yeah, another remember, Disney animated. Yeah, yeah. Remember that Pinocchio one with him? Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, that was good though because they used a real puppet done by Jim Henson for Pinocchio, and then at the very end, when he becomes a real boy, it's yeah, another kind of puppet. That's true. You can also tell it was uh, 90s and uh, decent filmmaking when you had a very teenaged, very um, slightly dead, undead Christina Ricci. Oh, you leave Casper alone. Well, not Adam's family. I mean, it's. You oh, yeah, know. but she's. But Adam's family, she was perfect for that role. Oh, no, no, no. I, I love. Th- th- that, that was. That, that was era of Christina the... Ricci was great. I, I loved it. Because I oh, love Casper. Remember... <laughs> Adam's family is a, is a family favorite. My daughter was Wednesday for Halloween a couple of years ago, my oldest. And then our our pit bull, Thor, we gave him uh, the Pugsley striped prison shirt. And Riley had black, like, uh, hair dyed. Uh, it was the powder dye. And there was the um, the, the, the twin French braids, yep. you know, and she had the bag. She had a bag with the doll with no head. I mean, oh, yeah, no, she was, she loves, like, we, we love Adam's family. So, yes. yes. But anyway. Yeah, so that's because you yeah. guys have taste. The 90s were phenomenal for children's and uh, like uh, like featured films of all kinds. The That's 90s the were great. Go- going out of the 80s where you had amazing movies for kids that are just a little too adult and a yes. little too uncomfortable to watch nowadays. Yes. You know, Agreed. I, I, I love watching, uh, what was it, The Witches with Angelica Houston. Yep. Yeah, as a kid, certain things in that always scared the ever-loving crap out of me as a kid. 
re-watching it, those exact same things still get me. Like like at the beginning where uh, the grandmother is talking about that, look, back in Norway, the little girl who went missing and ended up being in the family for painting. Mm-hmm. And she would change positions. And basically she lived her whole life until one day she disappeared. I'm there going, that's just, this is a kid's movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. look at like, uh, like, um, I, I guess it's another one is Hocus Pocus. Yep. Like the beginning with the little girl getting the life sucked yep. out of her, they, and then they, the, yep, and then Thackeray getting turned into a cat, and you're just like, what a be- what a way to begin a family. It's but, like, wow. See, I, I I have an issue with that movie, and, I, and it just hit me just then. I just realized I do have an issue with Hocus Pocus. That his name's Thackeray and not Zachary. No. Well, that's old world. That that's an old worldy name. It fits. It fits in with the old worldiness. No, I know. I know. But and my wife called him Zachary, Zachary until like <laughs> she called him Zachary until like a year and a half ago. I'm like, you know, it's Thackeray, and she's like, it's Zachary. I'm like, it's Thackeray. Th. She's like, really? I'm like, I pulled up IMDb. She's like, oh. And then when she, we watch the movie again, she goes, "All I hear is Thackeray now. Damn it!" Because <laughs> now she's listening for it. Okay, so, so he 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 becomes immortal. So you yeah. know he's living in what um, Puritan times in the USA in Salem, not probably the best time to be alive. And he gets turned into into a cat and granted immortality as a cat. He is on easy street, and he never yet. he never yet. he never tries he, to like fix it until. But but but, but yeah, three hundred years he, later. He, he, yeah, so yeah. what's he doing for the three? He's living in the house as a cat. Then all of a sudden, the three witches come back, and something inside of him says, "Oh, that's right, I can become a human again, or I need to stop this." No, you're a no. cat. It's hocus pocus. It wasn't built <laughs> yeah, yeah, on a flawless yeah. plot. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But but that's the thing. Like Return to Oz. That's the other one where you kind of watch that one as a kid. You know, if you grew, if you love the Wizard of Oz, you, you yeah. hear there's a sequel. You go. Awesome. And then all of a sudden you've got a corridor of seven heads <laughs> that at one point all open their eyes and scream like it's invasion of the body snappers, snatches. Body snappers. The late eighties and early nineties was the best time for inappropriate movies aimed at kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal. There you go. Two, two, two of the greats. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, um, oh gosh. Uh, Never ending story. Oh, see that movie has one of the most traumatic sequences for a <laughs> yeah. kid to watch, but also has one of the most joyous creations ever put to screen at the same time in Falcor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and of course we're talking uh, about uh, a Treyu's horse. So yeah, yeah, like you watch you're watching this movie. You go, okay, this is cool. This is cool. Then all of a sudden you get to that the the uh, the swamp uh, and the you swamp. just yeah you just go and just it emotionally destroys you. Because it's a real horse, too. It's not a puppet that they... It's like, you know, because you're like, oh, that's a horse. Like, you're like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the way it's filmed and everything. And then the the trio gives up, you know, and the Gamora is going to get him. And then all of a sudden he gets rescued. And you're like, what the hell is rescue doing? You you can't see this Chinese dragon thingy. And then the next scene, you see Falcor, and it's a giant dog. And the voice is perfect. And And it's a giant puppet, too, which is cool. Wanting a scratch and all that. It's that sort of thing where you you go from crying and sobbing and ugly crying when you're a kid to seeing Falcor and you're like oh this is this is great this is all yeah. better i think that's that's also just good movie making knowing that they needed oh. to lighten it up quickly so that was an easy oh yeah to but so. i mean uh, the the guy who voiced Falcor, that voice is like per- like 
big yeah. part of childhood there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, then that's that's Hercules '97 for me too because uh, as we'll get into it later, I want to do the opening like we always do with these, but uh, features my favorite Disney villain of all time mixed with one of my favorite voice actors of all time. So uh, it's as far as combination. We talk about this all the time with with like movies just hitting home runs with casting. Um, in this case, because it is one hundred percent voice, uh, it's, it's like even more important. It's even more important, exactly. Where the actor can't really sell it; it's the animators that have to sell it, and then the the actor uh, actor. I mean, yeah, the voice actor has to sell it too, but the animators have to sell the physical part of it. And there's so, that sort of thing. If you get a get a voice actor who puts it all into the voice, yeah. It does make it easier. And there's some for... great facts about this actor that 100% back that up. So, oh, hell yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, hell, like, so we'll do the usual yeah. one liner yeah. and all that. Yep, all right. yep. You want me to do it in the usual epic voice or try to do Charlton <laughs> Heston? Uh, now, I'm going to say right now, I would I, say, probably... can you do Rip Torn? What, 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 what era of Rip Torn are we looking at? <laughs> uh, well, I'm always a big fan of Men in Black Rip Torn or Dodgeball Rip Torn. So you're talking. You know, slightly, 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s, slightly always inebriated, ripped torn. Very, okay. and, and just more grizzled. Yeah, I don't know if I can do that. No, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he, he, That's the, only, hard... the only guy that could do ripped torn is probably Jim Cummings. <laughs> John Bailey, I reckon he could do a good rip. Yeah, John, John Bailey, Bailey could do a good rip. Yeah. yeah, so. No, I'll, I'll just, just do, I'll... do movie voice. Okay. Movie voice is fun. Yeah, thank you. Yes. <laughs> The son of Zeus and Hera is stripped of his immortality as an infant and must become a true hero in order to reclaim it. Yeah, that's a few. Movie. Yeah, there's a few things wrong with that, but uh, what, mostly the it, uh, mostly you know that you know because Disney always gets it right. The uh, historical inaccuracies. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, right. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get that out of the way right now. This, yeah, ignoring the fact this is an animated movie, ignoring that. Because we can yeah. suspend our disbelief because it's a cartoon. Yes. This is based on, I'm going to say it. Now, everyone, get together. Come close. Get your, get right up to your speakers. Get the headphones right in there. And you say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Mythology. <laughs> there is no historical accuracy needed. This is myths and legends. Yeah, but even mythologies about... ah, 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 at ah, a nah, certain nah, nah, nah. point. <laughs> Yes, at a certain point, mythologies have accuracies involved with them. Okay, okay. So if you want to do the Disney, you, you can't have Disney do and in no point in any it. mythology ever is Hercules Hera's son, and in um, no point in 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 no no Hercules and and it's not Hercules, it's Heracles. Hercules no, is Roman. Right. Yes, but here's the thing. Everyone knows him as Hercules. And know that's that. how everyone knows him as. No, I know that. I don't care. Hercules? Yeah. Sounds like you care. You're well, it's, Jason, about it. it's Jason and the Argonauts, too. Yeah. He's Hercules. But He's not Heracles. Here's the thing, but here's the thing, though. If you want to do I a, think. an accurate representation... Is your dad of in the room? <laughs> Can we no. ask him? No. Okay. <laughs> no, he, he, I kicked him out. Okay. Yeah, this this is a, this is a solo episode. I you know I'm not having anyone else take the limelight. But <laughs> to, to, to what I was saying, when you have you know you can't uh, if you want to do a historically not historically a mythologically accurate version of the story, Disney cannot touch it. 
Why? Um, okay, so let's start with the big thing. Okay, the historically accurate, oh, the mythological. It was Hercules no, and Jason and the Argonauts. I'm just making sure. The mythologically, the mythological accurate version of Zeus is he's a rapist. You can't Disney can't do that. No. Yeah. The okay, you want and to he's a baby out of wedlock. Uh, if you want to do a mythologically accurate version of Hercules or Heracles, depending on what side of the um the the ocean you're from, he has to kill Meg and his children. You can't do that. Technically, it'd be the Mediterranean Sea, but yes. But you can't do that, Kent. You can't yeah. have him kill kill Meg. Nope. That's the thing. Same as when they did Hunchback of Notre Dame the year before. Yeah. That's a book that okay. The book itself, if you ever tried to read it, don't. <laughs> <laughs> No problem. Because no, no, it is a hundred percent. Is two things put together. It is a political assault of the times with how the rich were treating the poor, racism sure. with the way the French were treating the, the Romani and the Gypsies and all that. But it's also about um, the the cathedral and preserving art, whether it's written, performed, canvas, or architect. Sure, it's a lot of things thrown together you know it's very much a stream of conscious kind of book and it goes all over the place so the disney movie that's as good as we're ever going to get as far as an adaptation goes with yeah i don't care best. i don't watch this movie and go oh you didn't you didn't get it right you didn't do this i'm like you have pain then and panic bring, who the, are the, wonderful the, the, the characters bring, then why bring and it it's up got, <laughs> no just because it's it's also just playing around i mean come on i i i i got, I got that from my brother we're watching the movie you know, I'm an author that deals with a lot of historical stuff. So when stuff like this pops up, this is myth. <laughs> it, it's still a part of history as a whole. <laughs> yeah, but this is that subsect called myth mythology. I know, it's, but if is... you're Greek, this is a part of your people's history too. It's mythology, but it's still a part of your people's history. So it's the same as if you're from New Zealand. Lord of the Rings is part of your history. No, that's that is literal fantasized fiction this is actually old enough that it is actually considered there's classes there's that there's college courses not that that really matters anymore because you can also do quite a few other things that you shouldn't be getting college credit for but uh anywho this is accredited as history and it is so but yes I it's mythology disagree I, I understand that i understand that it's mythology but at the same time there's still like there's still like a normal pathway or a normal road that you go on with a lot of this stuff that is just widely, I don't want to say believed, but it's widely uh, associated with this, with these characters, with these well, okay. historical figures. Okay. Okay. No, no. Okay. 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 That's all I, it is. I, it's just I, a widely believed. I, 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 I agree. It's like when you talk Anubis and you, you talk any other, any other regions, mythologies, they are a part of history. You know, they're mythologies, but they're a part of history. And that's all it is. And there are okay. accuracies that are widely believed in the mythologies. That's all it but is. Keep in mind, this is aimed at Kitty Winks. <laughs> I know. I don't. That's like you said, it doesn't bother me. Because when I, this, I just. See, when, this, this movie came out at the perfect time. That's the thing. Because yeah. when this movie came out, you had the awesome Hercules Legendary Journey show was on at the same time. Yeah. See, I loved that... this because it brought in a completely different subject matter into the Disney animated realm. Yes. So I loved it. Yeah. I loved it that, that they the, did it. That, that was the great thing. After yeah. the um, you know, the home run that everyone considers to be 
Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, yeah. and Lion King, they then decided to do more, let's call it adult orientated stories. You had Pocahontas, you had yep. Hunchback of Notre Dame, and then you had this. You know, you got into Tarzan like, too. Yep, Mulan. Um, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Renaissance was a really good period of movies. That's why yeah. I call it that. But the thing is, for me, with this coming out at the same time as the legendary Journey TV show, this is the great thing. Think about this. You're, you know, okay, I was 11 years old when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Prime time for me to see this movie. Got into it. Her- watching Hercules Legendary Journeys, watching Xena, Warrior Princess, really into it. Then, That's two years Kevin later, Sorbo's Hercules. Yep, yes. Kevin Sorbo's Hercules, and then yes. you had, you know, Lucy Lawless. Which was the Zena. number one show on television for years, and people... It was don't... great. It was. No, but my that's... Favorite episodes, my favorite yeah. episodes always were the ones that had, um, oh, Bruce Campbell as Autolycus, the King of Thieves. Yes. I loved all that. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> actors that used to be on those shows. Oh, my gosh, were they great. It's a, The thing I, I, I learned many years later is that that show was produced by Sam Raimi. Yeah, explains everything yeah, it makes a lot of sense and 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 it was filmed in new zealand before lord of the rings yeah they got in first ah, ah. but two was years Zena later filmed there too yep yeah, yeah. Lucy Lawless is uh is yeah kiwi yeah she's a kiwi i just so, yeah. you know filming yeah. you never know sam, sam ramey and um Robert could have been filmed in atlanta who... georgia for all i know they like to film there no nah. yeah. no nah, they kept it all there because you know you had carl Urban popping up in both shows as multiple sure. characters you had yeah. Bruce Campbell going back and forth as well. It just, you know, you had your crossover. So it just, it was. And he would have been in LA. So that would have been a short 16 hour plane ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But when it's Sam Ramey and Rob Tappet who produced all the evil deads. Yeah. You know, those two guys saying, hey, we got this role for you. You know, it's, we, we came up with this role specifically for you to play. You know, same as uh, Ted Ramey as Joxer in Xena. It's like, yeah, of course you're going to say yes. These are the oh, guys who gave you your start and you're best friends with them. You grew yeah. up. Yeah. But. I, I, you know, two years later in 1999, you had the mummy come out. That's the thing. Yeah. Hercules is what gets you interested in mythology and history and this sort of stuff. And the mummy is what cements it. When did, uh, when did Stargate come out? 94. Yeah. Cause that, that's the whole alien ancient, yep. ancient history, and, Egyptian and stuff. And that and was another, I... that's another great one too. When it comes to now they went uh, the other direction with history. With that kind of oh, stuff, yeah. but they they, they they really played into the periods revealed by aliens and all that. And honestly, yeah, that's oh, why I put on it. Oh, it worked. I, it was cool. Yeah, I, I you know like Roland Emmerich, like you know Roland Emmerich, he did that. Then he did Independence Day, great home run. Oh, David yeah. Arnold with the score, Kurt Russell, yep. James Spader, all that. That movie yep. works. But I always watched that as just purely science fiction. To me, that was like just fun. Yeah, yeah. Hercules. I've written about it, so that's why <laughs> I've written yeah. about. It. So, yeah. All right. Do your plug. Do your plug for your book you wrote about it. Uh, Cradle of Death. It's just extraterrestrial no, come on. influence. Be proud of it. Be proud. No, I know extraterrestrial influence on the uh, ancient cultures of the world. So, and it, it okay. in researching for that book, and then start like I watched Stargate while I was writing the book, and uh, a few different a uh, few different things involved in it, and doing the research on it, it, it is kind of it is kind of interesting to think of it in that light it, it's kind of cool because yeah. there is still so much of history that we don't understand and we'll never understand uh that it's kind of like the the what if of history that's why we at least that's why i write is because of the what if of history and, and, it's, and it's, it also plays that idea when you think about it like um 
the first Thor movie. Well, plus, comes. it's the '90s and it's a sci-fi military movie with Kurt Russell. Oh yeah, so but, I mean, but that, 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 <laughs> it's so like that, that idea cool. of like Anne yeah. French Stewart, oddly. So, yeah, but that um... <laughs> who wasn't funny. <laughs> well, no, he was serious. It's always actually quite. It's, yeah, it's quite a shock when you rewatch that movie. Even though you go, oh yeah, French Stewart's in this. When he appears, and you like, get the squinty eyes at French as, and you're just like, yeah, but he's not funny. I don't. I, I'm uncomfortable. Um. I'm just uncomfortable with French Stewart in general. Um, <laughs> it's like when Paul Rubens was the waiter in Blues Brothers. See, to me, I go, if I think of something with Paul Rubens like that, I go um, to when he was the Penguin's dad in Batman Returns. Yeah, that's true. I was expecting him to go, ha, 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 you want some more wine? No. <clears throat> but no, he he didn't. Rest in peace, Paul Rubens. There we go. I, I, was, wait, I, was, I was waiting for that. But um, And then when he got stabbed by Buffy. But that was one of the best all-time film deaths in history. Oh, you're talking about the actual Buffy the Vampire Slayer The Buffy movie. the Vampire movie, where Paul Rubens yeah. gets stabbed and it takes him an hour and a half that's to right. die. That's right. It was that's so right. good. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I, I saw that's that the only part of that movie I remember is watching Paul Rubens die. Really? It was you don't so funny. Rutger Hauer as Oh, no, Dracula? Rutger Hauer. Yeah, no, but just... Well, it's because Pee-wee. It was the same era, so it was just... See, I, I, yeah, I never... I never yeah. I, we, I were knew, we, um, were Pee- we were Pee-wee's big adventure and then the, the t- not, television not something show. That, one of those things wasn't big out here in yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. To me, I knew Paul Rubens from like a bunch of other things. Like, sure, okay, Batman Returns, Blues Brothers. I recognized him in Mystery Men. You know, it was one yep. of those things I recognized him. He was the guy that vomited, right? In Mystery Men, wasn't he? Didn't what was his? He was gross in that movie, wasn't he? Yeah, but that's just Paul Rubens. No, I know, but his like power, his quote. Oh hell, I'm, I haven't seen that movie in forever, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. I don't think I, I don't think hmm. he vomited. I don't remember. It's fine. Doesn't matter. Anyway, anyways, um, Paul Rubens was not in the Heracles. Hercules. Movie. Oh, sorry, Hercules. Don't 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 do that. If you do that throughout this episode, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get up and walk away. Okay. Because <laughs> it's just gonna annoy. You me. could just hit the leave studio button and stay put. <laughs> no. It's more no. dramatic if you get up and walk away. Yeah, it's more dramatic radio. for one person. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's always the chance that you know someone could come and take my place as well and make it more it's interesting. True. It's true. Uh, so this is directed by the amazing Ron Clements uh, and John Musker and John Musker, uh, and then and written by Ron Clements, which was cool. And John, I, Musker. I love that. Looking at the, I love it. Looking at the writing credits, you've got um, what was it five for the animation screenplay, mm-hmm. and then you've got the story by. A massive list, and that's the great thing about these animated movies. You get unlike a regular movie, um, where it's usually the same scriptwriters. Animations, they go through so many permutations and versions, even you know because the way animation works. Yeah. So, um, is, is Ron Clements the greatest Disney animated writer in history? I would say it's a toss-up between him and uh, Wolfgang Reitherman. Yeah, the reason I say him is because his his writing credentials are all of my favorite Disney animated movies. Yeah. So when you when you because it's it's Moana, which is my favorite of the new generation, Princess and the Frog, which is undoubtedly one of my favorites, Aladdin, which I grew up being my favorite, Hercules, Little Mermaid. I mean, his his his. Just his writing chops just for Disney. And for what it's worth, he wrote the story or the 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 new story for Treasure Planet. Which was cool. 
the execution wasn't all that great, but the way that they the way that they did Treasure Island into this futuristic thing was neat. It was neat. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. So uh, next week, guess what movie we're talking about? I've only seen the movie like twice because it is it is kind of it is kind of you, tough. You, you've seen it one one more time than I have. <laughs> <laughs> I watch Atla- I watch Atlantis the Lost Empire more than Treasure Planet. He did the story adaptation for the Great Mouse Detective. Mm-hmm. Story court contributor for Black Cauldron. But yeah, which means he, he uh... probably he probably came up with Gurgi. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no, he uh he he's he's a big reason why we had uh a renaissance. The, so oh, oh, well yeah. I mean him and and, and, a con- and continued success. So yeah, but anyways, see, see, they need to bring these guys back to to write the ship. Yeah, and uh, but they won't. No, no, because these the guys just want to write of... wholesome, fun movies. Yeah, they don't want to go with the whole agenda that the House of Mouse has. Yeah, although the House no. of Mouse is not going to be, if Bob Iger gets his way. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the board members are all on board for it because they just extended his contract for three more years. Oh, uh, Disney will not be Disney anymore in the next few years. So his his plan is to basically sell off everything. Yeah, I, I, yeah that's that's a, yeah. It was he wants to sell off Hulu, um, all the streaming stuff, isn't it? All the yeah, all the streaming stuff, and if it comes to it, the creative some of the creative properties as well. And honestly, okay, so say Disney sells off uh, Marvel. Just say they do. Yeah. And say they sell it to Amazon. Say they sell it to Apple. A a organization with the funding that doesn't have the set-in-stone creative team. Mm-hmm. Those are companies that are bringing in people to make stuff. Yeah. That's only going to be new blood in these stories that are flopping every other month. But also in that case, I like we say with Marvel, hell, let's go. Well, let's it's, go what D- it's what DC did, right? With the James Gunn reboot. Yeah, but... Clean house, start over, and here we go. There is, there is a difference. DC wasn't done to death. <laughs> no, no. That's but, the thing. DC still has the, has the chance for resurrection. The idea is some Marvel. of the properties could get new blood in them, which is... My my backhanded slap at the strike going on right now is, hey, maybe we need new writers. <laughs> it's like, but, I mean, but keep in mind though, there's like you know, hundreds and thousands of writers out there no, on no. strike because they're making less less than we do. Yeah, and uh, I did I did commend uh, what's his um, Stephen Arnell. Uh, oh yeah, coming out and yeah. saying that he's against it, which uh, who played Green Arrow? Green Arrow I mean, and. Uh, currently he's in that wrestling show called heels heels yeah yep. uh good actor great great personality he actually did come out and the way that he said it was really cool he, you know he agreed with every the premise of everything he just doesn't agree with work with stoppages way... and strikes so which if you look at sports because that, that that's an easy way for a lot of people to relate to it like right now there's a couple of nfl running backs that are holding out for more money and you're sitting here going but you signed a contract yeah. Oh, but I feel like I'm worth more. But you signed a contract. Now, if you go to ownership and work out a deal, fine. But ownership has the right to say no. 
Yeah. Because they also signed the contract. Ah, but see, that's when you get the thing called the union. <laughs> no, I know that. So that, that's, that's that's where the can of worms and I, I've yeah. never been a part of a um, union. I, I'm probably never going to be. So the whole idea is now, uh, I, I, I can't get into that part of it. So I'm not going to try to. But the, the idea is like you're sitting here going like it sucks. But there's legal precedent that kind of you and like collective bargaining agreements for sports athletes. It's like your union negotiated these terms and signed off on them and you're not happy about it. Go to the union. It's like, I don't have to tell you. So mm -hmm. but keep in mind with the, let's get the, I'm not going to talk about the actors, but with the writers, because yeah. they started the strike. Sure. What? And not when all of the actors are involved in it. It's only, yeah, but when their union did, did the last round of negotiations, two things went around that are around now that need to be taken into account. AI and streaming. Yep. yep. That's the thing. I agree. So I agree with that. Like, I mean, I understand. That, yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's one of those cases where but going again, on strike like, is um, usually never going to work out well. It's usually. Yeah. And, 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 and the current climate as well. It's making Ryan big... Reynolds stick to a script. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing. Because <laughs> oh, oh, come on, come on. You've got to admit, you got to admit there are times when you watch Ryan Reynolds movie and you know, he has done. 10 versions of a take that's true and then because he's the producer he's the star he's the one with the yeah. big swinging d around he's going pick that one that one's a make me yeah. that's one that makes me laugh and you can tell he's really happy with that joke but it falls flat yeah and speaking of the master of ad-libbing or a master of ad-libbing are we talking about barbara barry <laughs> yeah barbara barry oh my gosh what a name <laughs> uh no uh mr james woods himself my favorite Disney villain of all time, Hades. Uh, and he, so I know you know more about this than I do just because of your, yes. of your, of your um, education and stuff with this. I know about it just because I like James Woods a lot is he completely and utterly flipped this character on its head when he was brought in. Yes. Yeah. So when they were doing it originally, yeah. Um, you know, they had already cast Denny DeVito. Who's dark and um, brooding and like Yeah, and and, yeah. and they were trying to find um they were trying to find, you know, the right actor and they had John Lithgow had come in and he had signed the contract, he had recorded lines, and they they kind of realized, yeah, it wasn't working. So they kind of said, Sorry, we're still gonna pay you, off you go. <laughs> and they were they were looking for other um another replacement Haiti and they the list of actors they, they had looked at is incredible. Mm -hmm. Um and it was all yeah. that sort of big, those sort of villain actors. You know, they had Michael Ironside come in and read for it. And Danny DeVito, his Michael suggestion. Nice. Yeah. His suggestion was Jack Nicholson. Okay. And, and 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 they went, oh, we could get him for Hades. Awesome. They bring Jack in. He reads for them and they love it. And they say, great. And Jack says, right, I'll do it. But here's the deal. I want between 10 and $15 million as a pay. And I want 50% on all merchandise. That's sold with Hades on it. Okay. Now, keep in mind, when he was the Joker, he basically got the same deal, except it was um, something like 80% of, mer of merchandising. <laughs> he got a lot more. Jeez. So, you know, Jack Nicholson. And Disney went, how about... And they gave a, they, yeah, they Disney gave is, a different offer. That was Disney is, like, built on merchandising, so... Yeah, yeah. so they're not going to give 50% off to anyone. No. But even the, even the ten to fifteen million dollar you know price tag, he gave himself in nineteen ninety seven money. They were like no, so they gave him a different offer. It was a lot lower, and Nicholson said no, so they kept going. 
they kept trying to find it was getting to that point that like hell if we can't find a hades we might not be able to do the movie sure and then one day you know because they're going through all actors at this point they're going to see anyone (laughs) yeah you know in walks james woods who's not known as being dark and brooding he's your slick fast talking car salesman character (laughs) yeah that's what that's exactly what hades is and he he comes in and they're like okay let's just see what you can what did i say he is a he's a pit boss He's a Vegas yep. pit boss in in like the most classic oh. sense in my in my opinion where he's but they use car salesman like yeah yeah and he and they said okay a little bit that mobster in him yeah and he comes in and he says look I'm going to do something different and they're like we don't care we just need to cast <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes it it's hundred so miles a minute and he's ad libbing lines like he's got the page he, he's got the scene he's reading and he's throwing in all these other lines oh, that the aren't most... written. Mustaka stuck in my throat. Uh-huh. I mean, yep, all of his hunt, best hunt, lines Moustaka in this movie are all ad libbed. Oh, my, my, like one of my favorite is um, when he's making the deal with Hercules. He says, Come yep. on, you know, we dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. Hey, what do you say? Come on. You know, he's yep. all that stuff. And, and, um, you know, Ron Musker and, and um, everyone at Disney, they're just sitting there. And it's a mixture of laughing and amazement that they yep. kind of went, That's it. That's yeah. hate. That's, that's perfect. That's Hades. He's yeah. a wheeler and dealer. Yes, he is. He's Gorgon, Gordon Gecko. <laughs> a little funnier, but yes. Yeah, but that's <laughs> and, 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 and and this is this is the thing about the, the way anime movies are written. They they write the <coughs> script. So they write the script. They do the first version of the script, and they storyboard it. And then they go through the storyboards, making sure the beats working and the pacing and everything. And then they get actors come in and start recording. Yeah. And then as they're listening, they go, okay, this scene isn't working, so we need to rewrite it. So they have to do another round of writing, another round of storyboarding, another yeah. round of having the actors come in and record dialogue. Yeah. And once they, they, get, they get to a point, they're like, yep, we're happy with this. Then they start the actual animation process. And then when they watch the rough, rough dailies, let's say, just the line art of the animation, they can say, the timing is off here, here, and here. That line is not working that well. So they have to do another round of writing, storyboarding, recording. That's why when you look at the writing credits, it is massive. Yeah, yeah. So, and and his 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 character design is unbelievable. Well, that's the thing. The the, the whole, the whole. Just I'll finish the James Wood stuff because it's even better. Yeah. So it gets to a point as they're making the movie where Disney is going, okay, you guys are costing us far too much money. We, you know, deadline's coming up, release date, and you are you're not going to reach it. We're gonna we're gonna cut you off. We're gonna just cancel the project. And James Wood, he has said countless times, this is his favorite role ever. Anytime they need Hades oh, yeah. for any other thing, Kingdom mm-hmm. Hearts, anything, he comes in and he does the voice. He loves yeah, it Yeah, because a, a lot of actors, when it's like B-roll stuff or it's like uh, like Aladdin part two, part three, blah, yeah. blah, blah, the original actors never come back because A, they're too expensive and B, it, they're they're too busy. Well, we've, uh, going from aladdin to return of jafar with dan castellaneta taking over yeah that's a different story that's a different story yeah, yeah but they got they got a the, professional yeah. well it was more because robin williams had a had a, something in his contract with the first movie and disney didn't they broke this contract and he he said i don't want anything to do with it no oh, gotcha so okay. in his contract he said you cannot use the genie in my voice in advertising of the movie sure and they did oops and he kind of went, no, 
screw Disney, didn't want anything to do with it. And they basically made up and gave him a lot of money yeah. for when to basically when they did the third movie, what was it? Um, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Then Casanova had recorded all the dialogue for the genie. And at this point, they had, you know, they were going to release it like that. And then Rob Williams and them made up. They paid Rob Williams just to replace the dialogue. Jeez. You wouldn't know it. No. It's like um, watching Despicable Me 2. Al Pacino recorded the voice of the villain. Mm-hmm. And they, all the way up to the final, de- like animation's done, they're going to release the movie. And then something happened and Pacino walked. So they had to, they yeah. didn't have a voice for this character that was fully animated. So Ben Bratt came in and just, well, that's like we, like we talked about. How many people know that Jim Cummings sang most of Be Prepared and it wasn't Jeremy Irons? It was just the final part. Well, the final part. But you're sitting here going, yeah. you don't know that. Yep. Same same as he's That's the one thing with you... these iconic actors, with these iconic voices. You also have voiceover actors that can imitate them. Yeah. Same as... Um, and they yeah, can he's... sing like them because Jim Cummings is a freaking madman. Well, he, hey, he 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 did um Rasputin's song in Anastasia. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. I always thought that was Christopher Lloyd, and then I learned it's Jim Cummings. It's Winnie the Pooh. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. But going back to Jim uh, James Woods, yeah. he hears that they're going to shut down production, and he goes to Disney and says, "Tell you what, I believe in this movie so much, I'll refund my salary. Mm-hmm. Use the yeah, money they were dangerously over me. budget, and they weren't sure what was going to yeah. happen." over budget and they're going to get cut off and he said look you take the money you're going to pay me and use it to finish this movie this movie's going to be awesome and disney kind of went if he's doing that if he's offering to do that you know and he was the biggest name movie yeah he was one of the two biggest names in the movie he was like okay if he's doing this we've got to finish this no matter what and they said nope jimbo you keep the you keep the pay you keep it we'll do it yep um jim baby and that (laughs) and and that's the thing it's 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 one of those things when you yeah. look at the cast, I mean, some of these, okay. So for example, some of these actors have, were at the time like breaking in and now you're like, these guys were involved. Wow. Oh, but I'm talking about like, not, okay. You had Mary yeah. Kay Bergman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kathleen the, Freeman. Know, the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the thing I love about Mary Kay Bergman, I didn't realize it was her until I was watching recently because I've been rewatching South Park and in the first three yeah. seasons of South Park, she voiced every woman in South Park until she, <laughs> She killed, she tragically died. So, okay, you know, she's Mrs. Cartman, she's Mrs. Barofolowski, she's Stan's mom, she's Wendy, she's the mayor. Yeah. You know, she's Brava Streisand when it's Mecha Streisand. <laughs> Mecha Streisand. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible all the voices she did. And then she's in she's in a Disney movie as well. Yeah. yeah. You've got Keith David Keith as David. Apollo, oh. and he has two lines in the movie. Yep, and it's at the beginning when it's baby Hercules, I believe, no, isn't it? Or is it it's at it's, the end? It's during the battle with the Titans. Oh, battle with says, the Titans. He goes onward to battle. Yes. And yes. then when Hercules saves the day, he goes, Hercules! Yeah. You've got Keith right. David! <laughs> oh, you know what I'm thinking is it's when um, it may have been his same character during where he, he hits the lightning bolt like a baseball. Oh, yeah. With the sword. It's the same character, but there's no, he has no line. There's no dialogue yet. Yeah. You know, um, you said it, you had um, Kathleen Freeman. You've got, okay, nope. Samantha Egger. Now, I, uh-huh. I knew Samantha Egger as Hera, and I know her from my childhood with the Dr. Doolittle movie with um, Rex Harrison. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, you know. Um, Susan okay, Egan Payne, was so good. It's mad. I, lo- I, lo- <laughs> I love this. I love this story about her casting. 
after um, her portrayal she, she, and her her oh. accent, her her cadence, her where she 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 gave she gave, she right gave back something at you. like this like oh New Yorker. Well, you know what it reminded me of more was almost like a not the accent, but almost like an attitude. I think of when I think of like Baton Rouge, like a little bit more of like that, like that, like not. I don't know, like that voice feels more like South, but not yep. y'all South. Like no, it, more, more um, upmarket South. I guess it's no, like I, I, I get. But I, I, I love yeah. she, she auditioned for Bell. So good. Okay, so she auditioned for Bell. Back mm-hmm. when they did Beauty and the Beast, and she didn't get it because um, they wanted a different kind of voice. But she actually originated Belle on Broadway when they did the Broadway show. Oh, cool, cool. And the funny oh, thing you know is, how, um, yeah, Alan Menken after when she was Belle on Broadway, Alan Menken and she still wanted to do a Disney movie. You know, she wanted mm-hmm. to be a Disney princess, and Alan Menken said, "No, well, um, you know, just no, you, you, we're, we're, I'm banning you from 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 auditioning <clears> for any <throat> Disney movies. You're Belle on stage." That's that you know you that's it, and she she was okay with it, but you know, she came yeah. in for Hercules, and Anna Menken's gone no because Meg isn't going to be a sweet sounding girl. We want her to have attitude. Shut and, up, Meg. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but you know, so Anna Menken and 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 you know, um, Clemens and 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 um, Musker they they're saying all this right. It's time to play strangers in the tub. Sorry. You know, they're like, no, no, you're, you're, yes. you're, you, you know, you've got the sweet sounding voice. And she said, look, just let me audition on one condition. Close your eyes. So she goes into audition. They have their eyes shut. And out comes the voice. Out comes the attitude. Out comes the sexiness. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and it's just one of those things. She's like a know, Jessica she, Rabbit character, isn't she? Oh, she's, she's a femme fatale. Yeah, she, you know what? Maybe that's like my brain is going. Yeah, she's like a Jessica Rabbit, isn't she? Which you know, yeah, it's that she's, yeah. she's and Jessica Rabbit is your, is your you know femme fatale. Femme fatale I think yeah. Meg is more dangerous. Yeah, than she Jessica Rabbit, but she's conniving. Yeah, she, she, she's she's in it yeah, for she, herself she, at the beginning, yeah. and yeah. yeah. Oh, her and her character arc, like that's the thing. Her character arc's great. Yeah. Um, everyone talks about you know like the movie's called Hercules, and I have to admit, I think Hercules is the dullest part of this movie. Yeah, it's the world of Hercules that's so great. It's, it's not... everything else that's interesting. Yeah. Um, like okay, so and Philoctetes, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny DeVito, Danny as that DeVito. Like, yeah. this is the thing I was saying about the actors. You know, if the actors bring it for the role, because they they video they they videotape all the actors to help mm-hmm. the animators with say sure. gestures. Oh, yeah. You can you can see and, where. <laughs> and with and with Danny DeVito, he has a very particular way of moving his mouth. No one else moves their mouth like Danny DeVito. So when they were doing rough animations of Phil to Danny DeVito's voice, everyone's going, "That doesn't look right. Something's off here." And they couldn't put their finger on it until they rewatched some of the videos of of his recording, and they realized his mouth. We're doing a proper animated mouth. We can't. We've got to do a Danny DeVito mouth. <laughs> How weird. Oh, because the the shape and everything just didn't. It's the shape. It's the way the, you know with the voice. Yeah, yeah, everything, and they they just realized yeah, gotcha. what they yeah. have animated doesn't work, and so they realized they have to do. They literally almost had to do a photocopy of Danny DeVito's mouth onto Phil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and speaking of Danny, uh, originally declined auditioning for Phil, 
which I thought was interesting because, you know, we've talked about it several times how stuff like this just falls into place. And then you get that great, like James Woods, you get that great actor that just happens to be in the area at the time or happens to be a project fell through and he signs on or, you know, in, in this case, just really wants to be in it. <laughs> yeah. Or like Walt wants Julie and waits, you know, so it's like there's there's, you know, just things that happen. But the list of actors, and I want to roll through these real quick because the conversation we can have based on oh. the like unbelievable difference in all of these actors do, that do you know why Danny said no originally? No, I don't actually. Right, the reason he said no originally was because when they approached him and they talked about the role of Phil, they talked to they they told him they wanted him basically to do a Burgess Meredith from Rocky. They wanted that. Weird. Yeah, they wanted that that you know um, uh, Burgess Meredith's character as the coach. That's who they wanted. Yeah. That's that. That's what they saw Phil as. Yeah, and they kind of, and they went to Danny because they thought if anyone can do a have that sort of voice, it's him. Yeah. So they they approached him the the, the completely wrong wrong way. True. So, yeah. Go down yeah, the list. They did. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, it's uh, Mickey. Mickey from yes, Rocky. Mickey. Yes. Yeah, it was bothering me. I'm like, I I remember hearing his name all through that series, and I'm like, why can't I remember? So uh, yeah, so it. so in order, so it's it's all. Oh no, I guess it's not alphabetized. It, it is at the beginning. So you have um, Ed Ed Asner. Yep. Which would have been funny. Ernest Borgnine. Yep. Which. That they were. You could tell they were going for a type. Bob Hoskins. Yep. Yeah, but Ed Asner is also very can be very funny and very like oh, yeah, inflection but I'm about in that his voice of, and stuff. That, that yeah. gruffness, that, yeah, that Bose Meredith gruffness. Yeah, Bob you know, Hoskins. Think, yep. Then you get Joe Pesci, who's definitely more Danny DeVito. See, that would have that, been much more that quick kind of. Yeah, that would have been more like if let's let's say James Woods doing Phil. Yeah, yeah. Martin Scorsese, which yep. I don't even know what he yeah. sounds like. <laughs> okay. Think Joe Pesci, but nowhere near as angry. So just really annoying. No, more excited. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I can picture him in an interview then. Oh, yeah. it's great. There was a um, Kodak did an ad many years ago, and they had uh, Scorsese, and it's him playing himself. He goes to the one-hour photo booth to pick up mm -hmm. kids, his like nephew's photos from his birthday that he took the photos of, and it's just Martin Scorsese going, looking at the photos in the place and going, what was I thinking? The lighting in this. That's too dark. Oh, that's too blurry. What? What's, okay, there's the antagonist, but he's showing it to the poor kid behind the counter. There's the antagonist, but where's the antagonist? I mean, where's, where's, where's that? And he's going through this, just tearing it apart. And he says, that, that's it. Got to, got to shoot it. Got to reshoot. And he, the ad ends with him walking on the phone going, Timmy, it's your Uncle Marty. How would you like to turn 10 again? <laughs> okay, that's good. That's, that's one, good. Of the, one of the best ads I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> then you get John Reese davies Okay, so now we're going for more grandiose and yeah. and Ray, Ray Winstone, mid nineties, mid nineties Ray Winston. Okay, so now we're going for more of a tough sounding Cockney with a heart of gold. Okay, yes, De Niro, yeah, Which Peter O'Toole. Yep, so that's going more old, washed up. Because yeah. ninety-seven people, yeah. Okay, this one would have been interesting, Jerry Stiller. Because Jerry Stiller's very much in the same mold. I just I just instantly think of 
um, George Casanza's dad and that yeah. trying to kind of give advice to like I know Jerry Stiller could play the the give the heart and soul to the character, yeah. but yeah. I just see this angry, angry little man when I think of Jerry Stiller. Hell no. <laughs> John Cusack, nineteen ninety seven. So you're still talking like Oh, this is this young. is like Yeah, this is and so Phil would have been young too, so he probably wouldn't yeah. have been the washed up. This next one, I wish actually, actually, this next one probably would have sold the movie even more for me. Mel Brooks. Honestly, I have to say no. I disagree. Really? Because that, to me, that would bring in just. I think it's probably just the quick, like the quick wittedness that Mel has, and like. But it, I mean, Devito is great. I got I, nothing I, against I, Devito. Don't get me wrong. See, I'm just saying. I'm like, see, man, if, if, Mel. Now, if, if if you're watching this movie and all of a sudden you hear Mel Brooks's voice coming out of that character, for me, I'm, I'd, I'd, I'd you probably I get pulled out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas if you hear, okay, you hear James Woods, you know what you do? You sit there and smile. Oh yeah, uh, Bill Murray. Dev- Ooh, yeah, no. I know. Steve Martin. Steve a- Martin would have been interesting because Steve doesn't get enough credit for anything he's done. I mean, we just, I just, we just watched that amazing dance sequence he had with Gregory, Gregory Hines. Hines. Yeah, um, just, honestly, he's an entertainer. I think he can do just yeah, about anything. So, his film would have been way more sarcastic. Yeah, no, it would have been. We probably but look at the beginning of this list, and now look where we are. Yeah, we've gone from like Mickey sounding tough, yeah, you know, older end of the line characters now to okay, who, just give us some comedians, someone who can be funny. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd, see, funny, Chevy. Not funny. I love Chevy Chase. Uh, yeah. George, Jason Alexander. Okay, he could have. He, he could have done it. That, and you know why they went to George? Because of Seinfeld. Back. Oh, and Seinfeld no, too. Ninety seven. Yeah, but but, but ninety six. He he was one of the gargoyles in Hunchback. Yeah, so yeah. you already had the relationship. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, but also Seinfeld. It would have brought in viewers oh, too. So oh, yeah, but that, that was the that's the thought they had when they did Hunchback, and they had him come in, and honestly, yeah. the gargoyles are the worst thing in that movie. <laughs> Yeah, they are. Uh, then you had Pacino. Ooh, 1997 Pacino. So that's Devil's Advocate Pacino. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, see, I wouldn't have had him be Hades and swap, swap him in James Woods. <laughs> yeah. And then there's there's an actor. Looks like an older actor. I don't really know a lot about him. Dick Latessa. Okay. Um, I don't know. I looked at some of his stuff. It looks more dramas. It's probably why I don't know, because I didn't really. Right. Red Buttons interesting uh yeah okay and then that that's basic and then it's how they actually got devito which was over a pasta lunch he signed his contract yeah so uh um while filming matilda so yep yeah that's um that's an that that so we like going over these lists because of how much it would have changed the dynamic of the movie and that's it's usually in live action but um, this list is, I mean, it's obviously the longest list we've gone over, but it's also, you want to talk about diverse. Well, see, to me, that shows that they they got desperate. Yeah, they did. They did. So. Yeah, they but went from having I, this. But, it it yeah, was also went. probably a part of the evolution of the movie, too, where, like, as they're bringing in these actors to do these serious roles and it's just not working, they're also realizing maybe the role needs to, the character needs to change. Well, if their first choice is Danny... And he says no. Think about it. They went after guys who were similar. Yeah. And when all of them fell through, 
for one reason or another, then they went, okay, let's go opposite directions. Sure. And when that didn't work, they go, okay, let's go. Well, I don't know what order these guys were brought in either. This is the order that the names are on there. It could have been the comedians first and then they went serious. I don't know. Honestly, if they were, if they were going, if they wanted like that sort of gruff kind of Mickey from Rocky kind of thing. Yeah. But if they started with Danny, to me, the character was always supposed to be. But still think about the voice he's doing. It's Danny to be a voice, but that, that's very similar. That's like a younger Burgess Meredith. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's true. And if they that's pitched true. it to him as being that start of character, it makes sense then that they would try to find actors who would, who could still do the role the way they saw it originally. And when that doesn't work, you go, okay, let's go the opposite direction. Which is then when you start getting the more obvious comedians, John Cusack for some reason, Pacino. and then when that doesn't work, then you go at Pacino, De Niro, and then finally you go back to your original choice. Yeah. And you repitch the movie and say, we're not, you know, we got James Woods doing this voice. You know, you, or you know, we'll actually, give you, James Woods came on after. We'll give you 20% more. And Danny goes, okay. <laughs> it's like, I mean, or, that's or, usually or how maybe, it happens is they just offer more he, money. Or he's, he's there on the set talking to Mara Wilson and said, yeah, they want me to be in a Disney movie. And Matilda says, you've got to be in a Disney movie. And then he tells his daughter, you've got to be in. Last thing, Bob Hoskins did Super Mario Brothers. Because his kids were fans yep. of the gap. A lot yep. of times, these actors end up in these sort of roles because family. Oh, of course. Of course. So I, I, I'm pretty sure with DeVito, it wasn't a case of we'll give you more money because I was honestly, he doesn't need it. I reckon yep. it was more he was talking to someone and they said, dude, you could be you could be in a Disney movie and you don't want to? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It, I'm still going to always bank on, you know money but yes you capitalist uh, bastard um speaking of danny uh there's actually a scene that i really love in this which uh i always thought was hilarious for one reason but it's actually funnier now that i read this is um when hercules and phil first meet and phil says oh, he's, uh, he's, he's two words the nymphs. <laughs> no he goes two words i am retired yeah so just off off the cuff i think that's funny because it's not two words and it's just the argument and yeah that comes there's that confusion in in hercules yeah. um in greek i am retired it actually is two words nice <laughs> it's it's uh yamai syntaxion wanchos whatever it is but it's actually two words oh, come on so your, that's your actually greek is so terrible you, you, you could do better with that pronunciation now, depending on the uh, the order of operations here, if they did that line before they looked it up in Greek, then it's just blind luck. But if there was like a part of them that looked it up first and then went, ooh, that's actually kind of funny, then I, I, that's I would actually say, really, that's actually really, really creative. I would say it's, it's one of those things where they probably didn't know about it until the, they were doing the translations for the foreign markets. Sure. Yeah, because yeah, with, with this being a Greek mythology movie, you know, I'm sure they were very focused on Greece, no, so that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as far as so, we we're not neither one of us, I guess, rightfully so, are very big fans of the actual Hercules character in this. Yeah, no, um, to me, he, he's yeah. the blandest part. He is. He is. Um, Although I will say, um, I do appreciate his, I mean, he, well, he's a young character, so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give him too much credit, but his boyish 
like want to be this hero like but see that's just taking you know that's only the the bad let me try that again yeah that boyish want you said you as you call it it's really not the want. the want is he want he wants to go back to his family in olympus and the only way to do that is then to become a hero remember he's doing it yeah. just because that's what yeah. zeus tells him the only way sure. to become a god and return to olympus is to become a true hero yeah I guess maybe it's just honestly the depth of the character is just very very shallow. So there's really no, I, I, I not shallow I in like oh he's shallow. It's just no, there's, it's real, there's just, no depth to the character. So it's just and and there's not really much growth. Like he's, no, his biggest point, not. his biggest point of growth is when he um after the when he becomes to me when he becomes a hero at the end and he does it to save a life instead of well see the turning point the part that's the <clears throat> that that's the emotional crux of his arc. It's after the amazing song, Zero to Hero. And sure. he's talking to Zeus and talking about everything he's done. And Zeus says, yep, you know, that's fantastic. Proud of you, my boy, and all that. And, but you know, Hercules says, I'm so I'm so glad to hear that because I've been waiting for this day. And Zeus goes, hang on, what day? And, you know, he yeah. says, well, I'm going to, I return to Olympus. And that's when Zeus drops the bomb that, yeah, this is, a, this is being, a, this is hero stuff, but it's not what makes you a true hero. And, Hercules says, "What? Well, well, what's a true hero? What's that mean?" And you know, Zeus says, "It's something you have to discover for yourself." That's the turning point. Sure. And I mean, but the execution up, of that turning point is the the whole deal with Meg's soul. It's 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 saving it's saving it's Meg, saving yeah. Meg and stuff. And so. it's it's and it, that's it, her it, and that's her that's her the culmination of her, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's saving as him. well. So yeah, yeah it's saving it, him. I will but, give him, you know, good writing credit for that. That that was a it, nice. It's also one of those things where you're, it's it's kind of funny because you've got Meg, who is this amazing character, mm -hmm. and then she basically becomes like at the beginning, our first meeting with with Meg, where she's being um, attacked by Narcissus. Yeah, Narcissus, and, and the she, uh, the river centaur, which is Jim Cummings. Yeah, and um, you know, yeah. Hercules sees her and he, and he says, "Aren't you a damsel in distress?" And she fires back with. I'm a damsel. I'm in distress. I can handle this. Have a nice day. It's played for laughs, but then at the very end of the movie, she actually becomes a true damsel in distress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, think about it. Uh, things get a little out of hand. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, uh, but, yeah. no, I'm talking. But I'm talking about the the fact that okay, yeah, you know, to achieve his proper um godliness, godlyhood. I don't know how you want to call it. You know the girl who is Godlyhood. the most badass right. character in the movie who can handle herself. She 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 has no problem telling the god of the underworld what's what. Yeah, <laughs> she becomes a damn. Yeah, you know, she's the one that needs saving. She becomes your typical. Yeah, I I, I just when I was watching it the other day, I'm we got I got to that part and I'm like, huh, they kind of back on the old old trope there yeah but her she her um defenses are whittled away throughout this movie oh yeah by, to by, the by, point like, to where hades brings up the reason he owns her soul oh yeah which, and it completely destroys her defenses when he brings it up yeah, you know and says uh, you know you you uh, sold your soul to save your 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 man's heart or to save your, your boyfriend your boyfriend's you, life and you, then your boyfriend you, uh, sold left. your soul to save your boyfriend your boyfriend's alive, and what did this bum do? He ran off with some other babe. 
He hit you yeah. in the bat, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. So I think it's kind of like where she was strong at the beginning, but it was all show. Oh, yeah. But but then when you and see, you can her see that Hercules, once she started having feelings for Herc. But, so. but when she and Hercules hang out, they play hooky together. Yeah. Like, not even that, the, the preamble to them playing hooky when we're at Hercules' place um, and the, the, the sea of raging hormones attacking Yes. Him. Yes. Um, you know, the way she's talking to him, yes, we all know she's, she's not to be trusted and all that. But just the way she, they've animated her and the way Susan Egan voices her, you know, to me, that's not fake. No. And then when you, they're hanging out together, She's genuinely laughing along with him, especially when you have the Oedipus line, which always went over my head as a young kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did for um, me too. Yeah, then you hit a certain age and you kind of go, man, 1997 Disney weren't playing around, were they? <laughs> no, no. Um, but the, all that, that scene where after you know the end of the day and she's trying to seduce him and he isn't having a bu- any part of it and then Phil shows up and you know she is annoyed with Phil and all that and she's you know you can tell she she she's half and half with doing the job and falling for the guy what really cements it is when he gives her the flower and kisses her cheek yeah you know and then we go into the other one of the other fantastic songs <laughs> um I won't say I'm in love you know that's yeah. that's the thing. Watching watching that, my, the Motown uh, doo-wop just well, it's it's great. You know, it's one of it's one of Alan Menken's. Yeah, great backup. It's, oh. it's, it's it's and I love how Alan the muses Mankins. are involved in all of it. It's so we got to talk about them too. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's yeah. what I was I was going to actually go there. Where I'm watching this, my brother walks in. That song's playing. I won't say I'm in love. And he stands there listening to it. And he goes, "Man, this sounds a lot like Little Shop of Horrors." Yeah, and the girls. Alan, and it's Alan Menken who did yeah. the music. Now, Alan Menken, you know, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the yeah. Beast, Aladdin, Mulan, um, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Tangled. <laughs> yeah. You know, so many of, you know, some of the greatest yeah. songs and music written for animated movies is this guy. And I'll always love this. He and Howard Ashman, they got their start way back in the late, 70s 80s by taking a roger corman movie made in two weeks little shop of horrors and turning it into an off-broadway play that mm-hmm. it became a cult classic that then got turned into a movie directed by frank oz starring steve martin and rick moranis and it was because of that that they were then able to get little mermaid yeah i know well, and, what a what a ride and 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 when when my brother says it sounds like Little Shop of Horrors, I said, yeah, it's the same guy who wrote the music. He went, well, that explains everything. And when you think about it, yeah, and going off the yeah, but you movies, you don't hear it in any of those other movies except this one. Yeah, that's the thing because that's the thing because um, Alan Menken had a lot of control, you yeah. know, because of what he he because without he and um, Ashman, the Disney Renaissance would not have happened. Oh no, no, the, yeah. Like, because um, the Little Mermaid, they were going to do like a straight kind of version of the story, and and it was Howard Ashman who convinced Disney to make it a Broadway musical. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Originally, Beauty and the Beast was going to be much more. It was no singing. It was going to be um, done by one of Richard Williams, who did the animation for um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He recommended this guy, Richard uh, him who wanted to make it set in uh, like the late Victorian era, 
and go more in line with the actual original story where Bell has three sisters and all this stuff. Yeesh. And and there was Ashman and there was Howard Ashman and Nan Menken who kind of said, keep going with the with the musical stuff. So by the time, you know, listen to the score for um Hunchback and Notre Dame, some of those songs. Incredible music. Yeah, the music. So when they come to do Hercules, Menken says, Look, you know, you've got these characters here called the Muses, who are our chorus. Let's go in a different direction. Yeah, they're the narration. Yeah, let's go in a completely different direction, you know, because well, Charlton Heston is at the beginning, but <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. He said, you know, you got Charlton, you got this narrator, and then you got the muses coming in who are continuing that. No, let's go opposite direction. And Disney's going, yeah. what do you mean? And Menken says, start off serious, grand voice, and then let's go Motown. Yeah, dude, and the music do-wop. kicks in and the music yeah. come in. Oh. That bass and all that. It's a, yeah, I remember as a kid sitting there at the cinema and hearing that opening you know, the narration, and then all of a yeah. sudden, you know, you hear the first one go, will you listen to him? He's making it sound like some Greek tragedy. Yeah. And then when Child and yeah. Heston says... Tongue-in-cheek, yeah. Yep, and when Child and Heston says, you go, girls, and that music kicks in, I'm sitting there in the cinema, you know, um, yeah. 11-year-old Rich is... I'm, yeah, I'm sitting there in the cinema just <laughs> bopping along to yeah. it. You know, once we got the soundtrack on CD, we listened to it so many times. Yeah. And when I was... I got older and I realized, hang on, Alan Menken, I know that name. And I realized Little Shop of Horrors. It's like perfect music. I, if he went with more traditional score for Hercules, I don't think it would have worked as well. No. And I think, you know what it worked too, is this this um, subject matter was kind of so off script for them that the off script music just worked. Yeah, because, okay, you've got your, um, okay, you've got your soul. Yeah. yeah. The gospel truth at the very beginning, that's soul. You've got, um, okay, the only, let's say, classical Broadway song is Go the Distance. Yeah, and it's my least favorite song. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I actually, I prefer the end credits version sung by Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. Yeah. I can go the distance. Hey, come on. Have, 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 you, have, you, have you heard the Lonely Island Captain Jack Sparrow song with him? Uh, I actually think I have, yeah. Trust me. Yeah. You know, you make fun of Michael Bolden, but he, you know he's pretty good. On Australia, got him to do the songs for um the Willy, oh, uh, the Willy Wonka. Yeah, on Australia. Oh, okay, but you know, then you get the the very much a it's almost like a um easy listening Frank Sinatra style song for Phil. We've go the um with um uh, what was it? Oh, the song that Phil sings. What's uh... it called? One last chance, something like that. Yeah, I know, I know it. I know. Yeah, but it's got I a very jazzy. It's got a very yeah, jazzy, jazzy vibe to it. Then you get Zero to Hero, which is a hundred percent soul Motown. Yeah, showstopper. It's incredible. But the glad- and then, gladiator. Uh huh. Then, then you get the um. You know, you get your proper doo wop with yeah. I won't say I'm in love. Yeah. Then you go back to soul with um, a, a star, a hero is born. Yeah. You know, at the end of the movie, it's. It's one of those things when you do the run of the Renaissance movies and you, you listen to Alan Menken's progression, mm-hmm. Mulan, think about it. When you listen to Mulan, specifically, um, I'll make a man out of you. Yeah. That's not your traditional Broadway song number. That's more pop orientated. Well, also look who was singing too. Oh yeah. Donny Osman. Yeah. You know, you know who sung it for the, uh, the Cantonese and Mandarin dubs? No. Jackie Chan. Oh my God. Jackie Chan is a pop star in China as well. 
you can go onto YouTube and you can watch the music videos of him singing I'll Make a Man Out of You in Mandarin. I do not recommend it. No. It can, it can kind of kill the song a little bit. So then Sounds you have that, and then you go back to the, to cl- the classical Broadway musical songs with um, Hunchback. Sure. And then he cuts loose. He goes back to his roots with this. It really does pave the way for Phil Collins with, and what he, he did with Tarzan. With Tarzan. Yeah. No, and I, I think that is something to be said, because what I was about to say is of the Renaissance to a degree, you know, I guess there's got to be a cutoff point somewhere. This is the most standout, unique soundtrack of a lot of these movies, because a lot of them are a very cookie cut style. Oh, yeah. It's, and it's, when you it's, hear this and you specifically hear that Motown influence, you're going, hell yeah, man. Like, this is just like the other ones are great and the other ones are classic, but the other ones are is Disney music. Yeah. Like, that's and, how I describe the- it. This, you know, yeah, you have, this is you just Motown. This is just funk. Yeah. This is just R and B. This is this is awesome. <laughs> this is good, and that's right. When, yeah. when, like I said, the opening of this, the opening of this movie, is up there with like for me, like the opening of uh, Moana. Mm-hmm. You know, with Little Moana, with the water, and you hear that amazing the Polynesian chorus in the back and the singing in you know language I don't know, but like you get these certain openers that are just they they stand out more than others and this with the muses was always one of my favorites because you're sitting here going man this just goes from like uh, and it's and then, long and also well well they're setting up the backstory that's well yeah no 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 in a good backstory. way it's long it's, like it just yes, keeps going which is great and it's actually you know, two re- separate songs but it's the way they mash it together it's great The 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 tempo changes drastically. Oh, you mean at the end when they go to the actual credit? When it goes, her... ah, oh. like yeah. yeah, when that credit yeah. comes it, in, it becomes more gospel influence. Yes, yeah, yeah. you you get like that, but then you get that. Yeah, yeah, that comes before that becomes that comes before the Hercules theme. Yeah, yes, So you get those two separate kind of mashed together, but it works beautifully because it's the same with Zero to Hero. Yeah, well, it's following the animation, so it works perfectly. Like it, it fits. Um, but you're not really cemented in beautifully that that opening number, uh, the Gospel Truth. You're not really cements that for being one of the best openers in Disney history. It's when the the short muse. Yeah, they talk about Hercules, and the short muse goes, huh. Hunkyles. <laughs> yeah, he says, yeah. "Honey, don't you mean Hunkyles? Woo! I like to make some sweet music with him." <laughs> yeah. Every time I ever I watch that movie or I hear that song, I get to that that she kicks in with that, and I just grin like an idiot. Yeah. Because you can tell Hunky-lees. this is that's this is the sort of environment where you could tell when they were recording it, they were just having so much fun. Have you ever, have you ever seen the? Uh, I guess it would be the the. I don't know what it's called, but it's like the inspiration reel. Oh, you're talking about um the uh it'd be previs yeah the they pre-viz. film yeah they film it they film they it film them the they actually yep. filmed the muses yep. singing and dancing to this yep. that the, the the five singers yep and dude you're watching it going this is so good and it's well, it's they, just them in an office like there's no it's not like a, a quote music video no it's just they, for they, reference it's it's it, yep it's they still do it nowadays um with yeah. Encanto for um you can go on YouTube. For uh, we don't talk about Bruno. They actually got professional dancers, and they recorded these professional dancers because they wanted the moves 
yeah. to look as realistic and fluid as possible. Same as when they did in Toy Story 2. It makes Story sense 2. with the way they do mocap and stuff now with video games too. It's like you might as well, especially with dancers and stuff, yeah, especially but, but with the animated. Um, but with Encanto, no motion capture. They just filmed it. <laughs> like they would oh, do gotcha. for reference. Same as in um, with Toy Story 2 at the very end when Buzz and um, Jesse dance. Mm-hmm. Or t- no, Toy Story three, I think. No, it's Toy Story three when they dance together. Oh yeah, to the Spanish, Spanish version. Yeah, that's yeah, Spanish to the Spanish version of "You Got a Friend of Me." Yeah, they they got two dancers in. And, I want amigo and me. Yeah, um, which I love. That's Gypsy Kings, and they did. Um, they, they've got some great music out. But yeah. when they were recording that, they 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 were doing the. I have a shirt that says "I own amigo and me," and it's Spanish Buzz in his like little ole kind of stance. Nice. Yeah. Um. But but watching um when they were doing the reference for that dance, they realized they had to do one. They couldn't do it because Buzz can't move like a real person. So what they did, they got the guy dancer and they put him in cut. They put cardboard boxes on him to match the shape Uh, of Buzz to keep it. So he he could only move. Shoulders are down. Shoulders are down. He can only move certain ways Mm -hmm. that Buzz would. And, and off topic, you know, what's the best thing ever watching toy story uh, three after living in Mexico for a couple of years and knowing Spanish. <laughs> that is one of the greatest things I can recommend. If you know anyone who, if you, if you, if you know Spanish or, you know, anyone who knows know Spanish, Hundley. watch, watch Toy Story three with them and get them to translate everything that Spanish buzz says. Yeah. It's brilliant. It gets even better because when that movie came out here in Australia, I'm pretty sure it's there in the U for you guys too. Spanish buzz has that Spanish accent. So the Spanish accent is basically Oh yeah. It's um got a lisp. Uh, so you don't say you don't say gracias, it's gracias. It's like uh, that. Uh no, the one we had was like a Telemundo voice. Okay, so you you got you got the Latin American Yeah, is hey, okay. I don't know. <laughs> like he's yeah. very okay, so, I feel oh, like no, he's no, is... or he's like Spanish, not lat like like so grandioso big. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you got the Latin American, which makes sense because of Florida. Florida. Yeah, just but we got the Spanish. So I watched it in, you know, um, watched it in um, Mexico, and it's with the Latin dub, so it is much more, you know, very much over the top no. and grandiose and all that. And I'm watching it going, this is a million times better than the version we got in Australia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. The Spanish buzz voice. Yeah, we so got you got what we got. This- no, no, in, well, no, in Australia, well, the, we got, no, yeah, the yeah other Mexico one got, sorry, the one yeah, Mexico, Mexico got the, yeah, but the funny thing is, right, I watched that in English, and then, because it's on DVD, so you could switch it to the Latin American dub for the entire movie, and I got curious to hear, oh, interesting, what they did for Spanish Buzz, and they, they gave him an accent, so he's still speaking Spanish, but they've given him an accent from, I think it was um, Argentina, or Chile, it was Chile. Because the Chilean accent is hard for Mexicans to understand. Jeez. Which I give them points because they really went, they go out of their way for the localizations. No, yeah, that they, that they do. That, um, yeah, I'm there going, man, that's incredible. Not only did they, tri- yeah. you know, they had to do the dub for the whole movie, but they also, for Spanish brothers, decided, okay, let's keep him speaking Spanish, but give him an accent that Mexicans don't understand well. So besides the uh, the claw coming oh, yeah. in and saving them at the end in Toy Story three, because that that was yeah. that was a feel good moment, and I got heart fluttered a little. Oh, uh, uh, honestly, that that I, I thought they were gonna. I really thought they were gonna die in that movie. I just didn't know how they were gonna get out of it. 
Yeah, that's so it. I, was, I thought they were going to die because I, I couldn't was, tell how they were going to get out. So the plot was cool. I always thought Toy Story 4 was completely unnecessary and a betrayal of the ending of Toy Story 3. Yeah, I just loved the ending of Toy Story 4 because of like Woody and Bo and their story. And yeah, it's like... But it, but it kind of betrayed everything that Woody was about. Oh, no, it's not my favorite of... Toy Story 2 is my favorite Toy Story by far, and it's not even close. And that's because of Wayne Knight. Is that, is that just because of Kelsey Grammer as, as Stinky Pete? Oh, Kelsey Grammer, Wayne Knight. I mean, you know, you, you get, you know, Al's Toy Barn. Yeah. I mean, it's such oh, a yeah. great yeah. Toy, Toy Story 2 is one of the it's best animated series. And the introduction of Jesse and Bullseye and, you know, I mean... Yeah, Woody's Roundup Pete, Gang, yeah. Yeah, stink, yeah, Woody's Roundup. Stinky Pete's amazing. But uh, my favorite part of Toy Story 3 was when they opened up the back of Buzz and his batteries said, by and large. Yep. And my brain went, oh my God, by and large, because it's Wally. The, the by and large thing, yep, that's cool. Um, but, you know, how we were talking music and everything. You know who don't get a song and probably deserve a, deserved a song? Pain and Panic. Could you imagine listening to a doo-wop song starring Bobcat Goldthwait? Yeah. It sounds like the hero. No, no, that's Bjork. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could have been. Always loved it. There's a. Could have uh, been Yoko Ono, too. Uh, I mean. Family Guy. Family Guy Cutaway. They, you know, one of those like read game shows. Yeah. Bjork or Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> yeah. Bjork or Bobcat. <laughs> I'm going to go with Bobcat. No. That's sorry, Bjork. That's Bjork. Yeah. <laughs> um, Honestly, like we, we we've given so many. We've talked about all the other voice actors and like, yeah. all these other amazing characters. But come on, Bobcat Goldthwait, hands down one of the best show, names in show business ever. Yeah, and and Matt Frewer. Yeah, as as when I was a kid, these were my two favorite characters. I had plushies of these two. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. and and the, and they weren't like your typical plushies because the bodies were soft, but the heads were plastic. Sure. So, you know, it was it was weird when you're playing with them. You sweet, you know, you're throwing them around and you hear this, thunk, 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 because, and they had to make it, the heads hard plastic because of the ears and the nose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for a, for a panic. Yeah, for panic. Is it just yeah. me or do these two also remind you later of the characters from Inside Out? <laughs> with I, the I emotions. Like, like oh, the, the emotion, the, you know, one, anger yeah, and joy yeah. and... Like I'm sitting here going, they kind of resemble because there's uh there's um fear, and uh, fear in that movie really had kind of the same personality and the same mannerisms as Panic, so yeah. it was like obviously. And but and, it, and what about pain? No, uh, pain was just pain because pain wasn't like anger. He wasn't you know he wasn't no like he was black just and, yeah no I but it was just that, I always I it was just like well, I guess it'd be the other way around. Uh, they reminded me of pain and panic um, no i get that but i always loved it at the very end of the movie when hades is being sucked down and oh. um panic he goes he's not going to be happy when he gets out of this and pain he goes you mean if he gets out of this if. And, and and panic's reaction if it's good if, <laughs> if it's good yeah i love that just that yeah, it's the second time they did it they did it uh, yeah, yeah. but, but with uh, first time when they do it it's very much a case of survival now yeah. it's a case of Oh, we can be free. <laughs> yeah, we can be free. Yeah. No, um, yeah, they're they're good when it comes to when it comes to because that that is a that is that that's a list that you could make is your favorite Disney sidekicks, right? 
you know, like Sebastian would be a lot of people's, you know? Yeah, no. Not no, me. but you could, you could. Like, there's so oh, yeah, many no, movies I, I, yeah, and there's yeah. so many characters uh, to choose saying, from. I was saying, not, not for me. I mean, I would go, okay. You could do, like, Lumiere or Cogsworth. LeFou. Like, LeFou. <laughs> no, LeFou's, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Max, I can, I... The, the horse from, from Tangled. Mm-hmm. Like, Max is great because he's got that dog personality to him that yep. I just absolutely See, love. Like, when I think Disney Psychic, I always go to... Hey, hey. <laughs> no, not hey, hey. I don't hey, go to... Hey, great. I don't hey, go to Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk, come on. I'll yeah, say Tudyk, hey, hey is my favorite Alan just because of Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk's greatest role ever? No. I, I, actually, I went I go, to Julianne, and now I'm doing I, this. His line I, I go, was I go, so I, good. I go, I go to um, the classics. To me, it's Little, Little John. Yeah. Or Balloon, now granted, both characters are voiced by the same guy, which is probably the reason because of, you know, oh, Phil Harris, just Phil Harris, yeah. one of those voices. Um, is he technically, the, 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 is he technically what I, what we would consider a sidekick or is he just the co-star? Who? The Phil Harris Little characters. Which yeah, Phil Harris' Little characters, John. Little John and Little Balloon. John and, well, okay. Well, also there's uh, Thomas O'Malley, the alley cat, who's, who is a main character. Now, Baloo is a sidekick. Same with Little John, because think about it. The main character in both those movies, it's not him. It is yeah. Mowgli and Robin Hood. That movie's named after him. No, well, yeah. And in the Robin Hood stories, uh, Little John has always been a sidekick. Yeah, he's a sidekick in the same sense of like a superhero sidekick. I mean... Exactly. Yeah. And Baloo, because yeah. that's the thing, with Baloo and Bagheera, they're two sides of the same coin. You know, yeah. Bagheera is the... You know, you follow the rules. You have to do what's best. You've got to do what's right for the pack. All that. Yeah, he's the Baloo voice of reason. Kind of, and Baloo's like, ah, I can't lose. Have fun. Can't lose. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um. And and yeah, that's the thing. They're they're they're, they're amazing sidekicks. <laughs> no, they are. They are. And, th th and that was and my that was my thing. Is and again, it's coming from a movie that doesn't get the credit because you know, in my in my opinion, this you know this is one of the better dis animated movies that Disney did of the era. And um, it doesn't get a lot of credit for it. It doesn't have, it's got star power, but it doesn't have the star power of some of them, you know. Such as? I mean, you get into like, you get into like the Aladdins of the world, you get into Lion King of the world. You do have a few more established names of the time. Yeah. yeah and Years, honestly, like later, you look at this movie and go, whoa, but at the time. Oh, but like the two biggest names in this movie, the three biggest names in this movie, that's the thing. The three biggest names, it is DeVito. It's James Woods and Charlton Heston. Yeah, and Charlton Heston doesn't really do anything. I mean, he says six Oh, words. come on. With Without Charlton Heston, we don't have movies coming Torn. in. No. Yeah, you, you can't, can't have, have Rip Torn do the No, opener. you can't have Rip Torn be the narrator and then be... Well, serious, you wouldn't have, then that Because yeah. then that opens up a lot of other questions. <laughs> Not really. I mean, Zeus could well, be yeah, narrating the story of his son. So what you start with? There I am, falling to my death, being covered in ice and sure. Uh, I'd listen to Rip Torn do you, that. You you might be wondering how I got here. Well, it's a funny story. Exactly. First, first <laughs> and then you hear out, <laughs> as it like rewinds. Yep. And then and then you hear first we got to talk about the true meaning of a hero. Now what does that mean? And then it plays out like normal. I thought you were going to say the true meaning of Christmas for a second. And I was like, what? Where are we going with this? No, yeah. But uh, no, well, it, it, and, so it could go either way. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But uh, yeah, no, uh, great, you know, great, uh, great sidekicks. Um, and 
just they 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 play yeah. so well off Hades. Like when we first yeah. meet them, you know, and you know they turn into worms. We are worms, and he's there. Memo to me, memo to me, main you after my meeting. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And when you know after he's meeting with the with the fates, you know he's there and he says pain, panic, and both wince <laughs> in fright. You know, yeah. got a little riddle for you. How do you kill a god? And just the way they're like, um, 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 um you know, they're like two little kids. Yeah. No, they or are they're... really. Their personalities are very, uh, like diminutive, very, oh, yeah. uh, not juvenile because it, they're, they're not like children. They're just very, uh, um, beaten down. <laughs> like, yeah. very, and, and I have to admit, uh, one of my, one of my submissive, favorite lines, very, yeah. One of my favorite lines comes from Pain. It's uh, after we meet Make. She's, you know, Hercules is taken off to go to the Thieves. She's walking through the woods and she sees, and, and this little bunny and gopher show up. Yeah. And she goes, oh, how cute. A couple of rodents out for a walk. And the bunny. Are you the calling bo- rodent? <laughs> I am a bunny. And the way he says bunny while pointing at his butt and everything, yeah. it's just always the little, gets a the laugh. The little tail. Yeah, the little pup. Yeah, it, it always gets a laugh. And then you got panic next to him going, and I'm his gopher. <laughs> He's a squirrel. Yeah. Uh, there is course... a little, there is a little tidbit I wanted to mention, which I, yeah. I, I just thought it was cute was, uh, um, when Phil is leading Hercules into his house and he has all these amazing, like his, you know, the, the, these yeah. relics and stuff in there and these artifacts in there. And, uh, Herc hits his head on the log and he goes, Oh, that was the mask from the Argo. Yep. Well, in this story of Jason and the Argonauts, Jason dies after, it gets hit, hitting gets hit in the head the, by the mast yep. of the Argo, and I'm like, oh, yeah. and and Hercules <laughs> goes on the voyage, yeah, and Hercules is on that voyage. I'm like, all right, that that was, you know, thank you for throwing, you know. So I, I just thought that was cute. I'm like, oh, cool, that's that's kind of neat. But, I like that. Uh, I think it's uh, cute when one, so when, it's cute when the hero dies. Dies. Yeah, it's it cute. Is. Yeah, you're right. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. Um, favorite so, moment of the movie. Okay, I've got a couple. Yeah. Mine, uh, well, mine all revolve around Hades because he's the most <laughs> memorable character, in my opinion, obviously. Um, and a couple of them are like really short and sweet, and they're not like there's not like this long, drawn out, uh, like dialogue to like set anything up. Um, like literally, one of them is, Whoa, is my hair out? Uh-huh. <laughs> when Pegasus blows his hair out, like it's so, like it's so, it's just funny, and I mean. I loved it. And then uh, when the Titans are marching uh-huh. and he goes, hey, uh, Olympus is that away. <laughs> and the, the, they have to march, turn around and go back the other way. But my, my favorite is when um, Hercules defeats the Hydra mm-hmm. and he's up in his like yep. skybox, basically. And and then Hades is, I can't believe this guy. Everything I throw at him. And he doesn't even... And he says, notices uh, Payne is wearing oh, air yes, perks. Yes. Hades, what are those? Um, and Payne is like, I, I, um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I thought they were kind of dashing. Yeah. Hades slowly burns up. I've got 24 hours to get rid of this bozo or the entire scheme I've been setting up for 18 years goes up in smoke. And you are wearing their merchandise. And he just his, explodes his into flames. And then, and, then, and then you hear the sucking of a straw and, and they cut to Panic, who's got a Hercules cup. He goes, ah, thirsty. Yeah. 
and then Hades screams, and then the camera pans out, and you see the volcano just blow up. Yep. Like, oh my gosh. Honestly, anytime Hades gets like upset or angry, it's so James Woods just nails the comedic well, emotion. Like... It's like when um But also that used car salesman parts of him is so great too. It's not just the angry parts, it's 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 all of it. Well see that's the thing. One of my favorite moments is towards the end of the movie, it's when Hades makes the deal with Hercules. Yeah. So after he's after Hercules has kicked out Phil, you know, Hades appears and he's in full, you know, like he says, Herc, may I call you Herc? <laughs> and all this it is very much hundred percent that used car salesman. And you know, um, when when Hercules is singing, he says, "People are going to get hurt, are they? Aren't they?" And Hades, he's like, "Well, yeah. I mean, it's a hostile takeover. I mean, people are going to die. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's a possibility." <laughs> or Zeus. So Hades, you finally made it. How are things in the underworld, Hades? Well, they're just fine. You know, a little dark, a little gloomy, and yes, and yeah, as always, hey, full of dead people. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's like, yep. And he talks about the uh, job that you, oh, Zeus, bestowed on me. You know, like, his cadence is phenomenal in this. Like, that's the thing. is His pattern, his his voice pattern, every single word is on a beat. Oh, yeah. And it matters. It, it's, it's the syllables. It's the accent. It's the pronunciations. It's everything. James just kills it. Yep. Oh, he, I mean, there's there's, gr- there's good moments does. in this movie, but everything that involves Hades, every time Hades is on screen, I, whatever, like if I'm on my phone, because I've seen the movie a million times, I stop and just watch. Like I have to just sit there and watch Hades. It's so good. You know, him doing the flake for, uh, flirting with the fates. Wow. Fake flirting yep. with the fates. Uh, alliteration be damned. But uh, there's, it's like, again, the, the way he, the way that James sells it is, is just, oh, yeah. and, it's wonderful. You know, like, once again, during during the Hydra fight, you know, they when Hercules defeats it for the first time and Pain and Panic are panicking, he goes, Hey, guys, relax. It's only halftime. Yeah. Uh, did yeah. you know that that is at the exact half moment uh, yep. of the movie? It's actually, it's. And, and again, I have to admit, as a, as a kid growing up, the Hydra fight was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Like, I, I had, you know, because they used to bring out toys for everything. I had this big, big Hydra and it had this giant head. And when you took the head off, you could pull a tail and like four more heads would pop out from the body. <laughs> it was cool. a really cool toy. So yeah. that's the thing. The, the Hydra battle for was, it's always been a standout for me because yeah. it was, it was also a good mixture of the 2d and 3d. The uh, m- memo to me, memo to me. Yep. Meme you after my meeting. <laughs> and then, Oh, you know what slipped my mind? You'll be dead before you can get to her. Is that a, that's not a problem. Is it? <laughs> yep. And, and 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 also like when um you know great scene where yeah. Hades first learns about Hercules being alive and um he's he's gonna you know throttle pain and panic and pain says this might be a different Hercules and panic says I mean Hercules is a very popular name nowadays pain goes remember like a few years ago every other boy was named Jason and all the girls yeah. were named Brittany and Hades then says I'm about to rearrange the cosmos and the one Schlemiel who can louse it up. Like, Schlemiel. Only James Woods would give would have the god of the underworld. Schlemiel and louse. Schlemiel and In the same his, sentence. And then is waltzing around in waltzing. the woods. Yeah. 100%. This movie works because of him. Without Named him. Hades, Lord of the Dead. How you doing? <laughs> 
that's the thing he brings and i've talked about it a couple of times on the show that uh a knight's tale with heath ledger and like the sell one of the selling points of that movie for me besides the cast was the modern music in the infused into the medieval times um james being james and not adhering to any of the classical language mm-hmm. <laughs> sells this movie so because he is just modern day james woods let's rock and it's hilarious it's, it's also the same with dan devito though <laughs> yeah no i know none of the character none of the characters do like that that is another good thing about this movie but like the subject james matter take, is yeah, he takes yeah james just level. takes it way over the top because then he brings in schlemiel laus schmuck or like whatever he says he uses all of these you bozo. know like yeah bozo like all of the and it just and he's hades god of the underworld yeah. so you're like sitting here going like he's not a straight shooter call it professional blah 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 he is well he's not he's not the dark and menacing no villain. no he's really not no. he's annoyed he's just an annoyed guy oh yeah he, he's you know you know who Hades is? He is the guy who thinks he deserves the promotion. No, that's exactly what he is. Yeah. That's his whole thing. Um, so how would you sum up the movie? Underrated. Okay. <laughs> it is. It, it, it's underrated. It, 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 like I said earlier in the show a couple of times, you, you could go through a decade period. So you could go through, if you want to go 89 to 99, uh, just give it a decade. And go through all of the Disney animated productions, um, which multiple dozens of awards, however many. And this is at near the top of the list for me in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It just, it is. It, it's a different story. It's kind of like uh, Oliver and Company for me, too. I where it's maybe once. The voice cast and the music is amazing. You're just saying that because of Billy Joel. And Huey Lewis. The music is done by Huey Lewis. Oh, that's it. Yeah, Dodger that's is Billy Joel. Yeah, that's, yeah, but not all the music because what they <laughs> no. got songwriters to come in and write yes individual songs. So, like for example, it's uh Burt Baccarat or Barry Manilow who did Bette Midler's song. Yeah, ex- yeah, Bette Midler. Like you're sitting here going, one of the pointers is this. Yeah, it's huge. It's this massive movie. Yet people, well, when you're well, when you're a music fan, so like you, you like that movie is all built around the music. Yeah, and. I mean, but there's I, so I, many yeah. of those movies that don't get the credit. Like Tarzan is another one that oh, every I, people that I talk to love Tarzan, but yeah, I never it's, see it's, Tarzan mentioned as no, like, it's one of those things. It's one of those things either you love it or you hate it. And a lot of that comes down. Well, it's because it's not things. a singing movie. It's not that typical. Yeah it, it com- yeah. it comes down to two things. Phil Collins and Rosie O'Donnell. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and, and honestly the transition from Glenn Close singing to Phil is oh, flawless. Beautiful. And it, it, I feel it inside every time I yeah yeah, um, and that that's the the biggest son of I think man. Uh, you hear those drums come in. You're just like oh, strangers like me. The drums strangers and, like me. Yeah. Yep, yep. I love Again. that when when they when he when they did it, you know they did Tarzan. They got little Phil Collins to come and do that banger um, soundtrack. When they were doing the localizations, so the dubs, it's him. He learned those songs and sung them in German, in French, in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. That's like uh, I, is it? that's I, I, uh that's uh Vin Diesel with Groot too. But see, I I, I never all of the localizations that. with Groot is 
It's Vin. Then, yeah. But <laughs> I, I never knew that. But okay, saying I am Groot in different languages, easy. You know, about you, but you have stuff, to sing yeah. Son of Man in German. Yeah. Or Spanish. Now, I didn't believe that. I never believed that. Then I got shown Tarzan in Spanish, like Mexican Spanish. The opening song, um, Two Worlds, One Family. That yep. kicks in and I'm going, that's Phil Collins. Yeah. No, that's really Phil Collins. Yeah, we told you. But that's Phil Collins. Yeah. And my esteem of Phil took Collins you, took you a few, went uh, up yeah. a oh, massive yeah. amount. Granted, this is a guy who broke who broke up with a girl, ended a marriage through facts. But, <laughs> you know, my, my respect for him went up immensely because he he went the extra mile. Instead of just letting like a pop star do it. Yeah, a local a pop star. He did it himself. Of, I was a huge fan of his era of um, Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. yeah, I can't um, dance. I can't dance was one of my uh, favorite music videos yeah. growing up. It was I. It was I can't dance, and um, my name is Al. We're two of my favorite from from Paul Simon and Chevy Chase. So I um that uh, I, I, those two music videos. Funny. I just remember specifically those two music videos growing up, watching Chevy pretend to play the instruments next to Paul Simon, and then. I can't dance on the beach with Genesis with that dance that they do where they're like lined up together. Yep. There's, I, um, yeah. Here's something. I, I, I always remembered some of the lines from that song. I never remember the actual song. So last year I looked it up. I typed in I can't Phil dance? Collins. I, uh, oh, Phil okay. Collins, I can't dance. And I watched the music video. It was the first time I'd ever seen the music video. Oh. Yeah, and I cool. just went, I went, why don't we get music videos like that? You know, because it's Phil Collins taking the piss out of himself. You could tell they're all having a good time. Yeah, it just it, and it's, it's a, a fun it's a beach song. Video. I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It, it, well, it goes from a beach to a. It starts yeah. with a deserted, deserted road, goes to a beach, then goes to a pool hall, and it's that sort of thing. I'm like, why don't you get songs like that anymore? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what about you? So, okay. Oh, honestly, I, I to me, <laughs> um, James Woods. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm serious. Like, this is the movie that kind of got me as a fan of James Woods, <laughs> and you want to know what cemented that fandom? Family Guy. Family Guy. Yeah, where he literally yeah. just plays James Woods, but it is a yeah, but but then but, horribly but I love psychotic it. character. But I, I love so it. Funny because first time I ever saw that episode, I'm there. You go, it's James Woods. Oh, he's and I'm all like, oh, in playing himself yeah. in but that then, light. In but that then light. you get you get the fantastic rendition of um, "I've Got You" from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, yep. sang by Peter Griffin and James, James Woods. Woods. James Woods sings, and when James <laughs> honestly, when James starts dressing like Peter. Yes, and starts basically like pretending to be him. Oh, but that's a, that's a different. That's a, that's a different I know, episode, but isn't it? yeah, I love I love that first episode though, where Brian comes home and there's wasn't James it called Woods. I Got Woods? Yes, that's the first episode. The yep. first episode, yeah. Yep, I love it. You know, they talk. You know, oh, James is going to go, and Peter says, "Well, oh, you want to hang out? Oh, what? Hang out like a regular? Yeah. Okay. What are we going to do? We'll set up a tent and we'll have a camp out in the backyard. And as they walk away, James goes, "Wicked cool." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing I, underrated I it, I james woods yeah, yeah <laughs> that's it and you know he, he's one of those actors he pops up in things and, he, and for me whatever it is it gets better it gets infinitely better because he's in it yeah he is he is one of those actors that will be involved in a project and just takes it to that next level just because he's involved well it's like um robin williams the, did the, the same thing robin yeah, williams yeah, for me, oh, he did that. Say, Anytime I saw a movie and when Robin was on screen, everything stopped. And I just like Jumanji, the original Jumanji. And I see Robin as Alan and I see him trying to figure out the world. 
like like that movie was groundbreaking so, um, for so many different reasons but do, 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 you, do you do you include jack in that list of movies you'll stop and watch just because Rob williams is in it uh what about um when thing what things may come what dreams may come what dreams may come you know the one where he kills himself well yeah that's the, the <laughs> that's to be with his wife now now <laughs> I, I i will i will watch that movie for two reasons one, it's based on a Richard Matheson book, and I'm a Richard Matheson fan. Yes. And two, as far as the depiction of the afterlife goes, it's pretty good. Yeah, no, it, no, it was, yeah. Um, no, like the, uh, toys. The, honestly, come on, you, you, you know. got Jack is a Jack is a very I was movie. a massive Mrs. Doubtfire fan. Oh, yeah, but Mrs. Doubtfire is fun. Yeah, Mrs. Jack Doubtfire was is fun. such, and Pierce, ugh. Yeah, that's the thing. It's got James. It's Rob Williams and James Bond. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, um, th th there was a Sally and Sally Field was still great. Sally Field, right? Yes, yeah, it's, it's Sally Field. It's, it's Sally Forrest Field. Gump's mum. Come on. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, it's also uh, Frog, right? That's her name. In uh, Smoking the Bandit. Oh, I've never seen that movie. Really? Yeah, I'm not a big Burt Reynolds fan. For me. Burt Reynolds yeah. begins and ends yeah, with all dogs go to heaven. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, see, I. See, now we talk. Let's say we talk about. Everyone talks about Disney um, as being like one of the greatest things when it comes to anime all movies. Dogs go to heaven Don, is a hard movie to watch. Don Bluth, though, yeah, Don Bluth. Don he Bluth rivaled. Very good. Yeah, you look at okay his his yeah. run. Okay, you got the American Tale movies. Fine, you've got The Secret of Nim. That's yeah. a great movie with a great yeah. cast. And yeah, old dogs go to heaven. It is a hard watch. It's a hard watch because it, it, it's a subject uh, that every every adult has a trouble with, but it's ever it's a subject that every kid has a problem with. But it handles it so well. No, it does. It does. But even now, and, like and, you know, I'm 39, uh, and as an adult, not as a kid, you know, I had a dog yeah. as a kid, but as an adult, I've had four dogs. You know, I have my fourth dog now. And I've unfortunately had to put down three of them myself in the room with them, you know, for various ailments and age or sickness. And each one of them was in my top five list of the most heartbreaking events of my entire life as a 39 year old man. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like Thor now Thor's my buddy. He's my best friend. He's, he's my dog. I like, that's what I consider my dog is he's not a pet. He's, he's my closest friend. And I know when I eventually have to put Thor down, it is going to destroy me. And I know, at shadow of a doubt, when Thor is gone, I will honor him by getting another dog. And that's how I look at it. And that's just the yeah. way I look at dogs is because I also understand that that dog's life is infinitely better in my home. Oh, yeah. Regardless um, of whether I'm replacing my last pet. Like, that's not the way it is. For me, I'm, no, it's, I'm, sa I'm saving a yeah. life to be a part of my family. So again, it's it's a hard subject to talk about with people. I was, was going to say because to me, old dogs go to heaven. You know, yeah. I, I watch that movie and I enjoy it. I mean, it's got some no, no, I, songs, but yeah. that voice cast: Burt Reynolds, yeah. Dom DeLuise. Those two make a good pairing. Yeah, that's well, yeah. Dom. It's, we it's, just talked about Dom with Blazing Saddles. I mean, Dom DeLuise is just he's such. It's, 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 it, he he's like James Woods. He's in a movie. You go, oh, mm -hmm. I'll watch this. I'll give it a go. And that was what yeah. I was going to say. As far as James Woods goes, I mean, you know, he elevates any movie or show. Just look at the specialist with um, Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone. Yeah. 
James Woods yeah. is in that, being the villain, and you can tell he's having a blast. Yeah, and there's one thing I will say about James. You see the stuff that he's in. He's he's the project that and that and I guess it's just a testament to James. He knows what he wants to do, and he doesn't do it unless he's going to enjoy it. Yeah, and you can tell he's enjoying it. Like, um, and then okay. he nails every single role because he's in the perfect situation. T- terrible movie, but um, the sequel to Get Shorty, uh, Be Cool. Mm-hmm. He's in it for the first ten minutes or so. I, I rewatch. I started to rewatch that movie. But the moment his character, you know, he's there in the opening ten minutes, and he, you can tell he and John Travolta are having a blast. They're playing off each other. It works. Then his character dies, and the movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All the fun gets sucked out of it. Because yeah. he's playing this music producer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so okay. he's, he's the used car salesman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the way he's playing it is it's like an agent. Beautiful. And, yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, he's, it, it's definitely one of those things that's like, yeah. He is he similar in to the character. I don't know if you've seen the movie because you're not a, you're not a, I won't know. You're, you're actually, a, a, this is actually probably a really tough movie for you is, I don't, I don't think you've seen it based on our conversations is Airheads. I've seen it. Okay, because half the cast you can't stand because it's Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, blah, 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 even though Chris is Chris is in only in it for a few minutes. But the other half of the cast is phenomenal. Yeah, that's the... Um, it's Bowling their musicians. One, it? Yeah, it's oh, Brendan Fraser, oh, Brendan Steve, Fraser Buscemi. And Steve Buscemi. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. Chris, uh, Christina Applegate. Uh, yeah. Greek. So the, uh, the radio DJ that they befriend. Yes. The good one, not the one that's a douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Not, not yeah, the, yeah. the producer. The radio DJ is very much a Woodsian kind of character in my, like, yes. Like, I can't remember. He, I, I can look it up at his, like, the, in my head, I'm going the quick, like, yeah, boom, 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 yeah. boom, kind of like, like that kind of character. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, that was the first one that came up that was like a, a Woods type character anyway. So. That's it. The, the, yeah. And I mean, it's one of the things people, people can say certain actors play themselves in, in everything. Like I, I say that about George Clooney. He's just George Clooney. That's James. I mean, James is. Actually, no, because when you no. see James Woods interviewed, he actually yeah, is quite. He's restrained. He, he does it. He's calm. Yeah, he's, he's actually quite, he's quite um, erudite at times, and he, he, yeah. he's very he, you know he's very firm in his <clears throat> his opinions and everything, and he takes time with answering. It's not a hundred miles. Very, an hour. very, very smart guy. Yeah. Very well a, thought, educated guy. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the thing. And then you see what he, the characters he plays, and it's and it's that thing like some of the greatest, okay, kind of um, like Dennis Leary too, right? Yeah, uh, see, yep, definitely. I, what I was going to say is, you look at some of the greatest um, a hole character actors in his, in cinema history. Dennis so, Leary. <laughs> no, no, I'm no. going to go even further back. Oh. Paul Gleason. Okay. Now, Paul Gleason. Think about it. Okay, he's the principal in Breakfast Club. Yeah, he's good. He though. is. He's so good. Al's. Al's boss in Die Hard One. Okay, yep. this is the guy yeah, who made the, his career uh, playing. Police, right? Huh? He's this actor who made his career playing assholes. Yeah. Yet, by all counts, he was one of the sweetest, funniest actors out there. Yeah, I I think it's those are the, like, the role, but the role yeah, it's always is like what, that. Yeah, and it's always like that. But These those are actors, the roles that are fun to play for a lot of guys. Yeah, and and James Woods, perfect example. Yeah. You know, you, we both said it. You know, he's well, edu- extremely well educated, very well spoken. Yet, yeah. look at all the characters he plays. Yeah, <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah. Well, and that, but that, it, that that's the reason he's an actor, though, right? It's because you I, get I, to I, you get to play something that you're not. I, I you get to act. Maybe not. I, I, maybe not. I mean, 
No, but I mean, realistically, like it might be because you know, hookers like if you're like if you're a stage actor, you're not playing yourself; you're playing the character. And that's where I think a lot of the the A listers, they just they play who they are because that's who that's I guess either A that's what expected of them or B. Well, it's also the brand. It's the brand. Yeah. Yeah. But well, Ryan Reynolds is the perfect example. Well, Johnny Depp too, right? Can't Very rarely it. does Johnny Depp play like a normal like Johnny Depp always plays a character. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I I chalk that up to kind of what Peter Sellers once said about himself. Mm-hmm. So in an interview, Peter Sellers once said, um, you know, he they, he was asked about all the characters he plays and all that. Why and why would he never play a real like a, a normal character? And he said, well, I can play all these characters because there is no me. There used to be a me, but I had that surgically removed. Well, that was like the whole Jim Carrey thing, right? When he kind of went weird. Um, oh, you're talking about when he pla- when he did Andy Kaufman for uh, Man on the Moon. Well, no, it was the interviews. No, even later than that, he had interviews. Oh, when he grew, where the- he was saying, "Oh, that, that Jim was a different Jim," that, and that, that, yeah, was, that a, was that when, was a but that character. Was, that was different though. That was when Jim Jim Carrey was going through um, dealing with his depression. No, 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 I know, and he just got he got really weird. <laughs> it was yeah, just but that like- that was that was because of that. That wasn't like due to acting <laughs> no no but it, it but I, I, it's I, like like that that era of jim carrey though i will I, I love it though one of the best things i ever saw i don't know what interview show it was but it's, it's him it's when he's got the big beard right yeah and he's there and he's asked by whoever the host was you know why did you grow a beard and he just looks at the guy and says the question isn't you should that's not the question you should be asking you should not be asking me why did i grow a beard what you should be asking is why did i grow a beard and continue to shave my balls i <laughs> know <laughs> jim jim's a legend jim's a legend yeah that, I that, that, that's it you know jim carries is, is another one of those actors i i will give the time of day to yeah that yeah. was what a lot of people said with like the sonic the hedgehog movie and then the second one that's is you can look past everything about that movie but jim is jim i mean it's the yeah. grinch right i mean the grinch is is one of the most mind-blowingly amazing acted roles and and that's like I love it. I saw the Grinch at the movies, and I thought Jim nailed it. Only person who could actually make that suit work. Yeah, the, and, and that's the thing. Character in general, because I'm watching it, going, Jim Carrey is the Grinch. Oh yeah, yeah. You like he took this it. children's thing and turned it into Jim Carrey's role. Oh yeah, that's but, not I mean, easy to do. <laughs> it's uh, like, uh, but that's it. Wasn't that's an original suit. role that he that he. No. no, he took the role and said, "No, it's mine." <laughs> it's like okay uh, oh yeah like when you when you see people like at um, universal studios yeah who are doing the grinch it's the doom carry version but what i mean was you know most actors if they have to be in that suit they mm-hmm. fight against the suit whereas jim carrey used it to his benefit oh man the the physical the physical yeah. the way he'd stand and like the yeah, belly all that it's the suit the way he'd, yeah oh yeah. yeah and the best example of why jim carrey is perfect for that sort of role is this look at mike myers as the cat in the hat. He is so uncomfortable in that suit. He yeah. does nothing. He does not make that suit work for him. And you know what's good for him in Austin Powers is when he's fat bastard because he's supposed to be uncomfortable. Yeah. But the cat in the it hat works. No, oh, it no, doesn't he's work not. there. No, it doesn't that, work. It's, there. A, it's the thing. You should watch Jim Carrey. That's what you do when you've got a suit like that. Yeah. You've got to make so, the suit work. So we we were like, wow, this you know, animated movies, uh, you know, as far as subject matter, because, you know, it's different talking about these because you don't have the actors on screen. Yep. 
And we're still at two hours because we spent the last 20 minutes not talking about Hercules. <laughs> well, no, but we were talking about, we're talking about Hercules adjacent things, mainly because of James yeah. Woods. Yeah, mainly because of James Woods. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so, and like always, like and subscribe to the show. And I never mentioned it before the two hour mark. So, one of no, these days, I'm actually going to do yeah. it. It's not oh, two hours yeah, yet. It's it an hour 58. Come on. Hour 58. Yeah. So, yes, like and subscribe to the show. We really do appreciate it. Um, we always tell people, find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash armchair directors podcast. Uh, it is a fun group. There's 150 of us in there. We'll just post random movie-related stuff. It doesn't have to be podcast fodder. It can just be something kind of neat, something kind of cool. Um, I think uh, a while ago I posted, and I just remembered this because it was a cool post, was um, like movie-inspired, what was it, cars? Like Hot Wheels? Like where oh, yeah, was... but, oh, that was like months ago, but yeah. Oh, no, that was like when we started the group. Yeah, that was, stuff that, was, like that. that was it was superhero cars. Movie superhero cars, cars yeah. uh, last one I posted, or uh, one of the last ones I posted was, we talked about earlier was uh, on another show, was the Barbasol can from Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. an actual working prop. Uh, well, which you yeah, because it, it, has, it has the shaving cream in it. Yeah, which you still haven't bought yet. <laughs> no, because I've bought some other props instead. So uh you know uh i have some other things to uh to figure out first with five bars honestly the first Jurassic park prop i'm gonna buy is the uh is the the amber mold with the mosquito in it yeah the, the john hammond cane yep yeah the, the the cane topper i want that first barbasol can i really want but it's it's a little pricey um there's a few there's a few props out now because that's the thing with like right now is 3d printing resin and yep. like a few of the props I have are 3D printed resin. You can get so detailed and so awesome with these things. The problem is, is they are handmade. So they do tend to cost a little coin. So that's, you know, they're not these mass produced kind of junkers. See, okay. Uh, so that's, that's what, that's when you need to do what my parents, what my parents did to me and my brother and sister when we were younger. And this is a hundred percent a true story. Okay. They, they sold us for medical experiments. Yeah, I was thinking about doing the trial thing where I would like. Sorry, sorry, I, I just got corrected. We were rented for medical oh, experiments. Rented. Yeah, I was gonna say because then, well, you're obviously. But they still they they still got money for it. So if you need if you're strapped for cash, you got two girls. Yeah, with a boy on the way. So there you go. You got you really got you got for cash. See, see, so you just rent them for medical experiments. I I mean, physically perfect. Personally, I'd be okay with that because it doesn't affect me as far as my body uh emotionally <laughs> my parents had no problem with it and i'm i'm fine <laughs> i'm gonna have to have a side conversation with pato and uh <laughs> to discuss this and see exactly what he did to to kind of like bottle it up and make it feel okay oh that's easy i can tell you what he did he just didn't care it kind of feels like a wonka situation where it's like you're watching it going there's something very wrong and very odd going on right now but i'm still okay with it but i'm still kind of uncomfortable and people need to find uh um the interview i sent you with gene wilder on the conan o'brien show talking about a lot of the stuff when he, yep. Gene Wilder put out a book here, uh, now years ago, um, and he talks about oh, I, I, I read that, that movie, I that read role. That yeah, yeah, it's a wonderful interview. 
And Gene, oh my gosh, what a what an amazing interview that guy is. He's so calm and so cool and, and just happy. But yes, that that's kind of what that felt like was a uh, Wonka kind of situation. I could see your dad kind of pulling off that kind of psychotic, kind of crazy, but still so lovable and still so like so genuine, but also a little spooky, <laughs> a little spooky, you know, come to my chocolate factory. Especially Ooh, no, 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 that that's borderline. Um, All of our yeah, employees drive around in panel vans with no windows. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah, that's borderline. <laughs> Help me find my dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, children, get off the swing set. Come on, get some candy. Oh, I'm getting flashbacks to uh, Tim Burton's version of Willy Wonka now with that voice. <laughs> oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. Just Quick. which was end the show. End the show. <laughs> which was also Depp. So yes. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate the support. We appreciate the listens, the subscriptions, all that stuff. Tell your friends and uh, (laughs) putting up with all of the BS in a typically two hour show. Thank you very much for hanging around and listening to the end. We do appreciate it. Thanks. And, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.